thrust, response is engine 5, engine 3, engine 1, ladder 3, ladder 2, rescue 1. We've got smoke showing. Division 1, you're on location, block 23, reporting smoke showing 727. Job Talks podcast members do not represent the cities and towns they work for in their views and opinions. They are views and opinions that belong to us only. We are not here trying to be the experts or tell people how to do their job. Our goal with the show is simply to facilitate knowledge sharing. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Job Talks podcast. We appreciate you being here. Have a very special guest in the house today. Uh, John's going to introduce him here in a few minutes or let him introduce himself. Uh before we get started, as always, please, if you're not subscribed already to our YouTube, hit that uh, subscription button. Follow us on our social media at Job Talks, J-O-B-T-L-K-S. Don't forget to check out the website. We have the shirts on there. We have the uh, bookshelf going. Uh, putting, Definitely putting, check it out. Yeah, we're putting, uh, trying to get a little bit more going on that. And uh, as always, interact with us. All right. As Will said, guys, thanks for, uh, thanks for tuning back in to uh, Job Talks. Continue to support us. Like, share, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. Only takes a second and helps us out a lot. Tremendously. Uh, yep, helps us out with the you know the algorithm and all that nonsense that I don't understand. <laughs> it's so, in the cloud. Yeah, it's in the cloud. <laughs> what is the cloud? I don't know, but subscribe uh, to it, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, so today uh, we're going to be doing um, fireground tactics, uh, specifically two-and-a-half-story wood frame, some balloon framing in there, and, and all that good stuff. And uh, as Will said, we've, we've got the Brockton Fire Chief, uh, Brian Nardelli, here. Uh, before we get going into that, I would like to um, plug something very important to uh, everyone sitting here, and uh, especially the, the community in Brockton. Uh, on uh, September 24th uh, of this year, we're gonna, we have the first annual Maddie's Mustache Ride. Um, it's going to be 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. It's going to start out at uh, the Brockton High School. Uh, Kickstand's up at 10, and the, the run's going to be followed uh, with a cookout at the Brockton Fire Department local, uh, their, their union hall, and uh, it's uh, 80 Perkins Ave, Brockton. We're going to put, I have the, uh, the, um, the link here. We're going to put that up. We're going to post it to our social media. Um, so if you guys can support that, there is uh, uh, a spot for donations and tickets to get into it if you have a motorcycle and you want to come ride or if you have a classic car. Uh, you know, you, you guys can get involved. Um, everything's going to BelieveIt.org. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization that uh, pairs service dogs with disabled vets. And uh, that was a cause awesome. that was um, near and dear to Matt's heart. So any support would be great. And uh, that's that. So that's awesome. the, the link will also be in the description of the video. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right. So introducing the man, the myth, the legend himself. <laughs> Chief Brian Nardelli of the Brockton Fire Department. Welcome. Thank you. So welcome. I wish I got that same welcome at home. And, and, yeah. <laughs> Thanks it's never usually that you. way at home. People don't <laughs> even know. I, oh, Dad's home? Yeah. yeah. Oh, great. Dad, um, give me something. Yeah. So, no, that, that's that's awesome about putting that out from yeah. Matt. Um, John, I know uh, so many people know knew, knew and love Matt. Matt was an incredible kid. If I Just if I could real quick elaborate on that. Oh, absolutely. He is, yeah. Matt was a kid that... Um, 
he was supposed to be in the drill school class in Brock and we run our own drill schools and he was supposed to be in the class before the one he was in, but he was, he was deployed. Um, and when he came back, we ran a class with two, him and two other guys that were deployed and two other guys from a local town near there. And, um, I was involved in his interview process and everything. And he was just that kid that everybody loved, um, had him in drill school. Then he, I was still the training deputy at the time. He was actually put into, by no coincidence, I kind of knew what group I'd end up in in a couple of years. So I kind of <laughs> funneled some people some yeah. certain places. Um, and Matt ended up in what was going to be my future group. And Matt was, um, he was like an uncle to my kids. He was, I think everybody loved Matt. Everybody was friends with Matt. I think in his passing, um, the outpouring you saw at his services and everybody that reached out, I think none of us really realized how important Matt was to so many people. Yeah. And that was what's really important. Matt yeah. touched lives everywhere every he and anyone who met him i have a buddy i have a buddy and you always say i know matt you have a buddy yeah yeah no he really had a buddy <laughs> yeah, no bullshit <laughs> he had a buddy everywhere yeah. um and Legitimate that was what was buddy. pretty awesome about what was pretty awesome about matt so Speaking this is him. awesome for him and something that's yeah. so great for him so yeah. they're going to the uh going to the services they had it was pretty obvious there were so many people it was raining it was like freezing cold yep. and everybody was just standing out there for yep. him and it was, it was awesome yep. i never matter. met him myself but heard yeah. nothing but good things yeah oh, yep. best mustache around so yeah John. no listen i don't John, take any sorry. offense to that man <laughs> yeah no one could compete with that thing that he'd was... shave his mustache and regrow it in 48 hours yeah. my, my son my youngest is in a baseball tournament coming up and he was he's growing a mustache his teammates are growing mustaches for this tournament and he's like, is it Matt Flaherty worthy yet? I said, nothing's Matt Flaherty. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Nothing. Nothing. It was, it was actually funny. Um, probably a, a year ago uh, in September, um, my father had a Vermont, a Vermont mountaintop property. It was the first time Matt was able to make it up. And, uh, you know, me and my buddy Dave, he's a Mansfield guy. Um, none of us had mustaches. And so we made a mustache pact. And Matt was like, dude. I'll have a full-grown mustache in two days. I'm going to beast on both of you. And like, it's not about that, Matt. It's about that we all have mustaches, you know? Yep. So we yep. all grew out the mustache yeah, for a awesome. while, yeah. Yeah, yeah a little mustache awesome. envy, but that's okay. Yeah. yeah. That so. was a strong stash. Yeah. That was never to be yeah. topped. So. Uh, well, anyways, um, you could talk about Matt all day. You got yeah. millions of stories, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Man, every time, every time I talk to somebody, I, I, yeah. I hear a new one. So. Yeah. Um, but so uh, let's see here. So, Chief, um, we have we have a lot of listeners. Not everyone is, uh, you know, it's hard pressed to find some pe these guys who don't know who you are. But for those, we are of a worldwide media yeah. conglomerate. Yeah. So we have some, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we have some people on so. different coasts. Of the Pacific yeah. Rim might not. Know yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. There's two. They people. should though. Yeah. Yeah. There's two people in Nova Scotia who don't know who you are. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna come here all the time. Can I be a guest next time? Yeah. Anytime. Any time. my ego. So. I, I started in the fire service I, uh, back in 1996. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's funny. I grew up, I always had a great affection for the fire service. I always thought, boy, that's something I could really want to do. And when I was a senior in high school, I was, when I tell you, the fact that I'm the chief of department now, I was the C student of C students. I was not, I, if I didn't like it, I didn't want to learn it. it you know, I, a typical firefighter, yeah, really. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and um, all my friends were going off to college. I said, geez, I should probably do something here. You know, I should probably apply to college. I should probably do something, right? Yeah. So I did. I went to um, a school in Boston. I went to Wentworth. Um, and my first day there, I was with uh, two other guys from Brockton. We took the training. And I was in like, Greek architecture 101 and like 
calculus that I, I couldn't even spell calculus. Yeah. Um, and I was like, this is just not my yeah. gig. So every, I felt as though every day, like every day I was like, yeah, I'm not going to class. So I, I got to the point where I'd fall, I'd take the train in, then I'd be walking around Boston all day. Um, and one day I walked by Northeastern right down the street and they had like one of these old signs, pyramid signs out in, on the sidewalk that said EMT class, $250. So I said, well, maybe that, you know, the fire service thing was always something I was interested in. Maybe I'd get my EMT, I can get on the fire department, see what happens. So I, I went in back when you could pay cash for a class. You didn't have to, I could actually hand them $250. Um, I gave them the money and I came back and that whole one, I was supposed to be in class. I was there and I was paying for this. So it wasn't, you know, it was only my money that was, yeah. I was losing. I wasn't right. killing my parents here. So, um, <laughs> So it was funny. That's kind of how it took off. And I got into the EMS side of things. I sat at Christmas dinner that year and my father made a comment to me about, um, so when do you go back to school? And he said, I mean, I talked to you about that. Yeah. I'm not going to school anymore. And he goes, what? And I go, I got my EMT though. So I think he was happy, happy <laughs> yeah. that I was gainfully employed. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's how it started. Yeah. I worked in EMS for a number of years and uh, I got hired in the fire service in 96, and I, I don't know if you remember, but that was when a lot of fire departments started going ALS. So I had gone to paramedic school afterwards. I worked in EMS. I loved EMS. I loved working in EMS. I, I, I worked after I got on the fire department um, in EMS as well. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I stopped working, I think 2007 was the last time I worked in EMS. But I really enjoyed it. But I wanted to get on a fire department that I was going to be focused on fire guy stuff. I didn't want to worry about, you know, the EMS side. I didn't want to, I, I could do that on the side and do what I want, but yeah. I really didn't want to do that. So I, in 1996, fire departments all over the Commonwealth were hiring ALS. They were all trying to get ALS, trying to get ALS. I got cards. We used to get cards in the mail. I got cards from all over the Commonwealth um, for jobs, Agawam, uh, Graft, towns. I didn't even know where these, a lot of these places were. Um, and, um, I, I was waiting it out because I knew Brockton was hiring another class, and that's where I wanted to be, my hometown, born and raised. Um, and I ended up getting on Brockton, going through drill school there and been there. And I, I worked in EMS for, for many years after that. My, I always let, my, my, my wife always laughs because I told her we met right around the time I was, um, I was getting hired. And I said to her, I said, because um, we used to work a system in Brockton where it was a paramedic and an intermediate, which is now advanced. And the paramedic had to run every call, do all the stuff. And I... I was done having to make decisions all the time. I said to my wife, um, when I get hired, I'm not taking one promotional exam. I'm riding the back step for 32 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we see how that worked. Yeah, yeah it worked yeah. out well. Yeah. Next year, we I are. just couldn't help myself. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, it's been, I, I tell you, we were talking a little bit before the program started. The greatest thing about the fire service is it's all encompassing. When people don't know who to call, they don't know what to do, they call us. And we just said, if you told me in 1996 that I'd be going through training 20-something years later mm -hmm. on wearing a, a flak jacket and a Kevlar helmet, I would have thought you were crazy. But right. then again, you can't think that way right. because the greatest thing about the fire service, and I, was, I, I had this conversation with our mayor the other day because it was about something we were getting involved in. And I said, remember, mayor, the greatest thing about the fire service is we can adapt to any environment. If you need us to do something, we're going to figure out a way to get it done. Our mission statement is what the public needs is really what it is. Mm -hmm. And that's the greatest thing because it's always, I, I, you know, you hear these people talk all the time, 150 years unimpeded by progress. That is so not the truth. Do, do I love the tradition of the fire service? Do I love my old leather helmet? Do I love my leather boots? Do, yes, I love all of that. Do I love that old, um, 
um, uh, can you have up behind you there in the set? Absolutely. But the greatest thing about the fire service is it evolves every single day. Mm -hmm. Everything. We, I mean, mm -hmm. yeah, do we do a lot of this, perform a lot of the same tactics? Absolutely we do. And I know we're going to talk about some of that yeah. today. But we also learn how to work smarter at that, too. We do, and yeah. do different right. things. Yeah. And, and it really is, that's really important. And that's yeah. really, it's important for people to understand that we are evolving. Every, if you need something the fire service to do something, we're going to do it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, figure a out a way. It's like a living tradition. Yeah. It is. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah. I think yeah. that's great. I think uh, I've heard some things. Um, I've heard this saying, and, it, and it's, it's science is slow and common sense is fast, right? And so, you know, we were talking earlier, and we won't get too much into it, but, you know, looking uh, inside to ourselves and our own profession and guys with experience, right? We, if looking into the history of the fire service and how things have evolved, we have figured things out long before science has proved these things right and but it's hard because you you can't just jump the gun on some of these things mm -hmm. you have to wait for data and results and things mm -hmm. like that to come right. out but i mean we have the conversation i always tell people i'm just a, a, a dumb irish potato picking mf or man like i i just need to do the same thing every day day after day after day get the reps in because i'm not smart enough to write these books you know what i mean right but i just need the reps i need to get things done but with that is where you get this you know, sense of, well, this is wrong. This is wrong. If we did this, would this work? But we, we, we do, we have to wait for data and things like that to come out. But I mean, it just kind of shows you like, um, you know, being able to like look to ourselves and experienced guys, especially like these senior guys and these ranked official of uh, ranked guys who have been in here for, you know, 25, 30 plus years. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it's, we're really a smarter, a smarter group than, yeah. than we give ourselves credit and for. Being, and being boots on the ground, you get to see That's it. things change and evolve and see tactics work and not work. Yeah. And, but long before they're, they're doing the, the tests and the studies on them, you're seeing them in real life. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, right. like you said, trying to adapt to these different things yeah. and then you know bring people on board because the data doesn't necessarily support you yet. And then as yeah. it comes out, people become you know, a little bit more yeah. open to it because yes. there's all this different thing. And, and I think when you listen to someone say that unimpeded by progress, right? It's, it's, we can't just, unfortunately, right? We can't just jump the gun and we have, yeah. because there's all these things involved when you start getting into liability and, mm -hmm. and everything like that. So mm -hmm. it's, when I hear that, that's, that's what I think about is that right. we know what we need to do. Yep. It's just, Sometimes it can be yeah, hurdles and yep. politics and things like no that question. involved in yep. and it gets tough, but you know, we're standing in I, there. And I doing think it. one of the things, if, if you have the opportunity and, and I'm sure you have, because you wouldn't be sitting here today doing a podcast that had to talk about the future of the fire service, how the fire service works. You are ingrained. You eat, sleep and drink this as myself. I think if you watch the UL studies, you watch anything that, um, that, um, um, UL and NIST are doing to talk about flow paths and all these different things. That stuff's been going on for a long time. Mm. To your point, John, I think we looked at a lot of that stuff and said, wow, do we really do it that way? Or how, should we do it this way? Should we not do it that way? You know, talking about a neutral plane, talking about, you know, you know um, flow paths and how the, how, how the air and oxygen is being brought into a fire, how it's actually discharging out other places. We've seen that on the fire ground. We've seen it on the fire ground. We, we may not have at the time known what exactly to t call it. But I think that technology now they're using is really showing us that, hey, you know what? We were right. We yeah, knew this wasn't right. good. We so knew this was a change in yeah, our environment. Yeah. Um, I talk about a story I had a, shortly before I made chief. I, I had a fire um, 
in a tax pilot, taxpayer style market, um, uh, rice's market, been around for over a hundred years and it isn't anymore because of, yeah. <laughs> well, not because yeah. of us. No, well, we didn't, yeah. we didn't, we, we did everything we could with the building, yeah. but yeah. it was, it was far advanced before we got there, but right. it was burning multiple ceilings, right. burning. Uh, it was a drop ceiling. There was a tin ceiling. There was another plaster and lad ceiling above that. It was a nightmare. Thing was burning like crazy. And I was the deputy. We, I went to a second, the chief showed up. He said, Hey, I want you, I want you to have eyes on Gravis Scott. So I went in to be his operations guy inside. As I walked around the building and walked back to car 56, the deputy's car to throw a Scott on my back. And I turned around and looked. And this was, this was quasi coming out of the, the depths of COVID. And I literally saw a neutral plane in this doorway, front door. It was like one of those old fashioned stores. Um, it was, there was a corner door. The door, we had, we had forced and opened the door. The door's propped back. And you literally could cut a knife with the neutral plane wow. and see. Wow the air, and I watched, because everybody's wearing masks, I watched a mask that was thrown on the ground getting pulled towards the door, and I was like, Whoa, and I looked, at the, I looked at the chief, I said, get him out, we're done. Right. Because the environment had changed so drastically. But to see those things, that's what, that's what you know, Ray McCormick and all his, all his, his crowd with UL and NIST are doing right now. And, and I think for the person who's been on a year, who maybe hasn't experienced that yet. That's, that's where you find this stuff. That's where you look at this stuff. Yeah, over the years, we've seen these things. Mm-hmm, right. Now we're proving, that, wow, this was, this was dangerous. Right, this, right. Is, this is a dangerous environment. Right. It's a change in environment that we have to make sure we're keeping our people in an environment that we're, you know, this was an empty store at 3 a.m. We're not, right. we're not making a grab in there. No, you know right. what I mean? Risk so, a lot, save a lot. Exactly. Nothing for nothing, right? Exactly. Right. So I think, you know, there's a lot to be said. There's newer company offices, I watched your episode um, with... Um, with with Freddie Eichels, um, and Freddie's the best. Um, I was I was in a I was in a, a class with him a couple of years ago, and, and talking about leadership. And, and and he talks about some people. And I, you guys, I heard you spoke on spoke about the fact that you learn a lot from bad leaders, yeah. and yeah. you do. Yeah, I've been very fortunate. I've had very good leadership my mm-hmm. entire career, um, but not everybody has. So. If you're having that bad leadership, you learn a lot from that. But a lot of these studies, there's, ret- there's retrospective studies they're doing now, are able, you can pick up a lot. You know, I'm not a big computer guy. We talked about yeah, that before we yeah. came on here. But I can pull something up on YouTube pretty quick. Yeah. And, right. and you can learn a lot from that as well. Right. And, and I hate to say, because, you know, everyone talks about YouTube, firefighters, YouTube. That's, that's not the case. You're picking up, you're getting information. Yeah. You're gaining information. It's giving you, yeah, right. it's giving you context. Yeah. I think that, like, sometimes there's this adversarial of like all the science versus what we're seeing mm-hmm. in the street but i think like the best way that i've found to characterize it is like the science gives us the context to understand what we're seeing or to potentially validate like what no we're question seeing, right like you said no no and, question and i also think like what you said is kind of important about watching the videos on youtube or going to like the ul websites or, mm-hmm. or whoever and, and watching these stuff uh watching these things is you're super fortunate to have seen that like neutral plane but fires are down all over the oh, country and you get that like you said one year five year ten year person who has had maybe a handful or even a bunch of fires but never seen that the only way they're going to see it ne- sometimes is by mm-hmm. going and doing the research mm-hmm. and looking at some of these studies mm-hmm. and then hopefully when you get to that fire and you turn around and you see it and you go oh shit this is an empty store mm-hmm. at 3 a.m mm-hmm. this is bad let's back out you know, because we all want to be aggressive firefighters, but we want to be smart, aggressive firefighters. No question. No question. Absolutely no question. And, and, and it's funny we talk about this. You see this video. You see this. You see that. You look at the pictures from this fire and that fire. <coughs> I laugh because 
my uh, you know friends and accountants, engineers, they don't do any of that stuff. No, they're not no. They're not at home yesterday <laughs> right. watching videos about <laughs> right. about the neutral planes account, and the latest accounting yeah. software. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, how do I change this line item in the budget? No, no. they really yeah. they do it when they come to work. Yeah. That's right. the yeah. difference with firefighters. Right. The, the and I I think the public, I don't think the public even realizes that. If you're, are there guys that show up every Thursday and get a check? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We're going to have those guys. We're always going to have those guys. But for the most part, what you guys are doing here and what you are putting out and how your love for the fire service shows that. Yeah. Shows that, that, that ability to say, hey, yeah, you know what? It's a Sunday afternoon. I'm sitting by the pool. But you know what? I'm watching a thing on neutral planes or backdrafts or, right, right. or, or, or streams and nozzles or whatever the case may right, be. Right. Most firefighters that are in the weeds and are involved like like this yeah um they're doing that every day yeah they're that, doing that every that comes day. from the guys before us instilling it into us too mm-hmm. and uh i mean just a, a good example is yesterday barry sends photos like oh this is a, a oh, nightmare yeah. situation yeah, yeah, of yeah. a building <laughs> fire escapes yeah. and like yeah, you know it's yeah. it's yeah. it's all the time yeah i always try and i mean you you know you're one of the experts any anytime we have our our little group chat and anytime I see something that's like, or these guys see something that's like interesting architecture or something that's like, wow, it's pretty dangerous. Mm-hmm. So I sent one yesterday that essentially like, I don't even know how it's legal. Um, <laughs> Probably isn't, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> just got um, away with it, right? So essentially uh, it was like a um, non, non-sprinklered large apartment complex. And there's like almost an overhang. Um, I'll show you a picture of it. There's an overhang that's part of the wall, but it's wood. So like the, uh, yeah. Yeah. So the building is U-shaped, but it's a wooden overhang that's part of the part of the roof. So right. someone could walk oh, right Jesus. on top of that, yep. and that's compromised in there. Right. So so think of this. This this, this is this is great to see. Um, think of this. What happens on the fronts and rears of three deckers when the porch, porch is right out? Yeah. And and it's what is it? It's a rental home. Yeah. The guy probably lives three towns away yeah, yeah. that owns that. Right. right? Old, uh, John Cummings, the old training deputy chief when I was in, greatest thing about us having our own drill school is the city's our classroom. We walk around, Very we talk cool. to this, we go, we're in basements, we're, you know, we're, we're everywhere. We yeah. see yeah. real life on a daily basis. And he, that was one of the first things. I was 24 year old kid. Oh yeah, you shouldn't go on that thing. And it is because they'll take the porches out. We have them all over yeah, the place. They take the I don't care if you are in uh, the town of Ipswich or you're in the city of Brockton or the city of Boston, city of Cambridge, Stoke, wherever you are, you're going to find those porches gone, and they put some the, cross members up holding it in place. Yeah. Right. And you have a fire out, yeah. ripping up, auto-extending out the outside of the building. Yeah. What's going to happen to those cross members? Now you yeah. got guys up cutting the roof. you got a guy who's maybe not, maybe an officer who's not paying attention to what one of his younger guys is doing, or yeah. a guy that's maybe being a little too aggressive. Mm-hmm. He's out on that overhang now. Yeah. So right. I, you're right. It probably yeah. isn't legal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's like too a, much work to uh, rip the roof off and, and right. trim trim mm-hmm. that thing off so there's no mm-hmm. ledge. But yeah, they just, they keep yeah, and it, the you're right. it, is, it like probably said, is like, brace it and that's that. Nobody inspected it. Nobody pulled a permit for no. it. You know, and I think that's probably one of the bigger things uh, that presents danger to, to us and our job is Absolutely. all the yeah. unpermitted, uninspected, yep. you know, chopping up buildings, adding yeah. doors, no adding question. walls, mm-hmm. adding you know, this and that, and especially when you get into to bigger buildings that, you know, yeah. generally follow a, a, no a plan and then, right, and then all right. of a sudden they don't. My, my position now, I, I sit on the zoning, I sit on the zoning board of appeals. So we have to, you know, write, you know, do variances, special permits, different things like that. And then we'll deny things. And sometimes people go ahead and do it anyways. Oh, yeah. And if there's no one else out there watching it, you know, my thing, they, I, you know, basement apartments, 
they all laugh on the zoning board when it comes up about a basement apartment. I start like shaking. Oh yeah, you know, because all I'm thinking of the residents that are down there, and then us. We have to go down there. Right. Well, we have the right size windows, but yeah, but they're five feet off the ground. That grandmother's going to climb out of the basement, or that or that firefighter after fighting a fire in that basement is going to climb out of that basement like that. Right. I mean, or and then it happens, and he can't get out. Now we're sending more people. A very good friend of mine. Um, um, who I taught with at the fire academy had a, a fire in a community where they they lost a member and he he was in the basement trying to get this kid out of the basement. It was a basement apartment. They put the fire out. Um, there was still some fire above multiple ceilings in this basement. And people don't think of those things. They don't. You know, it's like we could get into a whole conversation on electric vehicles right now. Oh yeah. oh yeah. The, yeah. I mean, I mean, how, how actually, many, we would love to if you want to come back and, and get into <laughs> yeah. a, that. Is yeah. that is because scary? And I, yeah. it's also new to us right now. Yep. Again, fire the fire service adapting to the environment. Mm. We have politicians and per people pushing an agenda for electric yeah. vehicles and different things of yeah. that nature. Yeah. It's great, but when one of those cars burns, that's like running twenty diesel trucks for. Yeah. A year, right. yeah. I mean, and the dangers of it. The grid can't even handle a lot no, of stuff. No, it can't. No, and, and just, just kind of an offshoot on how fast we adapt. I've already seen an advertisement. I don't know if you've seen it, Chief, for a tool for fighting those fires. It slides under the car. Yeah. Yeah. It goes up. It pierces just the yes. right depth, and it puts water into, into the, the battery. Yes. Yeah. And, I mean, we're talking... Granted, these batteries have been around for a while, but we've started seeing the problem in the last yeah. you know handful of years, and then yep. really, like, the last year or two, it seems yeah. like it's gotten crazy. And already somebody... In the fire, I imagine a firefighter sitting at a table was yep. like, well, what if we yep. do this? Well, and now there's a, now there's already a tool yep. for it. And, yep. uh, you know, it's probably not going to be. I think they're at FDIC this year because I, th- I saw an advertisement yeah. for yeah. it. It's probably not going to be standard because it's new and expensive yep. and we don't yep. quite have the, the numbers. But yep. I bet you in 10 years you're going to see that in every department. In, in Europe, they're taking these vehicles and with a crane and they're putting them in a dumpster. Yeah. yeah. I, and yeah. leaving them in a dumpster. Yep. Because they don't know how much... We're doing a lot of research yeah. on it. Uh, Deputy Chief Jeff Marchetti uh, and Deputy Chief Kevin Galligan, uh, both on the hazmat team, they're doing a lot of research right now on how we're going to handle because there is no. There I is actually no have a good solution for you guys. Cut and dry. I know of a scrapyard in Brockton with a crane <laughs> yeah. and dumpsters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I've, heard, have, I've heard of that. Be, just have, do you have a connection there. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. yeah, yeah. There, there, there might have been a massive fire there caused by lithium yes. ion battery. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So um, I actually, so I, I was, I was going to ask my father about that. Um, but that's certainly something we could have on standby all the time. We got dumpsters and we have yes. a massive crane and literally yep. all this to take it and put it in. Put it in. I was actually yeah. thinking about like getting a, like a dumpster specially made one that you could just have so filled with leak. water yeah. and so it won't leak. Yeah. The good news is about that yard though, is it's 100% self-contained and we have oil separators yes. and stuff Yes. and all that stuff gets cleaned out a couple times a year. So there's no environmental impact. Yep. So I don't know. That's good to know. That's yeah. that's on, actually why we brought it's you on, here. Yeah. 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 Just I'm to plug eco recycling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Email address is John's yeah. a piece of crap. I yeah. thought we were going to talk about two and a half, three decades, yeah. balloon yeah. frame construction. No, no but yeah. this is great. And this is why we want, like we're, we're trying to build a guest list. And I think we're starting to get a pretty robust one. Cause as we get out there, we get more people that, um, that we're kind of honored, like having you like be a part of it. And, uh, but in the future, yeah, I think, you know, if we could get, um, Galligan and, 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 you or whoever to come yeah. in because we've been tra- that's one of the things we've yeah. been trying to find somebody that's got because we don't have that knowledge like we yeah. just and that we no- just don't have it a lot of that stuff is so new mm. and what we're seeing with it now is really i mean they just showed a bus oh yeah i just saw her on twitter oh, yeah. yesterday burned yeah. up to 82 hours just thinking yeah. yeah, so we we just have i think 
Harvard just, um, we did a brief on it maybe like, what, six months ago? Yeah. So Harvard just bought a fleet of complete electric buses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they actually shut down the, um, uh, the MBTA is doing it too, right? Because they just shut down the yard up a uh, little past Porter Square. And I think they're going to. All electric. I, I, yeah, I don't know if they're doing all of them all electric, but I'm pretty sure they're doing some all electric sure. buses. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. They, they, um, the, the Brockton Public Schools um, were going to buy all electric buses. The grid in our area cannot handle what yeah. the charging components right. would be for yeah. that. So there's a lot. There's a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of misinformation. Yeah. And again, what happens? The fire service gets stuck in the middle of the mm-hmm. whole thing because who has to solve that right, problem? Right. And you know yeah. what happens? We end up solving the problem. Yeah. Right. We'll figure right. something yeah. out. We have right. piercing right. guns going up through into yeah. the pot yeah. where it's supposed right. to be, or we're right. putting them in dumpsters. Right. We'll come up with a solution. Yeah. Or, or the, the glass thing. packs for like the scooters and, yep. and stuff yeah. like yep. that. Yep. Right. Put it right over it. Yep. 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 So I was actually talking to uh, Sean Galligan because we, sure. we we had this whole conversation about these you know uh, electric battery fires and yep. everything like that, electric car batteries and all that. And 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 I think he was he hit the nail on the head and he said. Do I think that, like, this solar tech and this electric tech with these batteries, do I think it's the future? Absolutely. He mm. said, but we're just not there yet. The agenda is to push all this stuff mm. out to try to be more green. What people don't realize is that 70% of our grid is supplied by, by coal. Fuels, yeah. 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 So it's not, we're not <laughs> saving ourselves. Other, other things, things also have to change yeah. before it's really. And, no and, what, and what Sean had said, and he was right. Um, I, th- I mean, I think he's right, is eventually you're going to have a battery this big and it's going to run your entire house. Yeah. But yeah. we're just not there yet. We're, yeah. not, we're just yeah. not there. No. The tech, either the tech is there and it's just not yep. been, you know, bestowed upon us or it's at it's DARPA. Just, or we're just, right. we're just at, not. It's at DARPA right now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, so. and uh, you know, tech evolves so fast that in 20 years that that might very well very be, well or it'll be hydrogen yeah. cars or something or else. Something yeah. else yeah. And, and hydrogen, they're pushing hydrogen big now. Yeah. Too. Yeah, I teach in the flammable gas program at the academy, and we went to a seminar on on hydrogen, on hydrogen vehicles. And I, <laughs> I walked in, and I was like, "Have they ever heard of the Hindenburg? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> what, yeah, yeah. what is the thought process?" <laughs> yeah. But they actually flow it, which actually creates the energy. It's it's so different. Interesting. Than, yeah, yeah, it's weird. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was afraid we we're all gonna like kind of lift off. The yeah, yeah, right, right. right. Well, so cool. in a few Not years, again. in a few yeah. years, we'll be doing an episode on that. Hopefully, we're around yeah. in a few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So very cool. Um, so uh, moving forward, we've got um, one thing that uh, we want to talk about. Uh, one thing that we've kind of been building here at Job Talks is, is our bookshelf, and mm-hmm. Freddie Eichels has been huge in that. He's been um, giving us different recommendations for books. And so um, when I had talked to you, I had asked you for a good yeah. book recommendation, and uh, so Chief recommends to everybody, and in his words, from you know a first year guy to you know, a, a guy and a veteran that's been on as long yes. as him keeps this book close by Collapse of Burning Buildings by Vincent Dunn. So yeah. um, I went through this book and I went back and I reread uh, a whole bunch of things. And um, yeah, it's uh, the, the book. It's an easy read. Like you yeah. said, it's made for guys like us. Yep. Um, highly recommend it to, to anybody listening. If you haven't read it, do so. There's, uh, we'll put, there's a, put a link to uh, a link to get it in our description, and then we'll put it on our, we'll our, our website our as well. Yep. I I haven't read this book yet, and uh, but I've heard yeah really good I've things. heard really good things about it. And I don't want to get this wrong, but it, I believe another podcast, the uh, the Getting Salty guys, interviewed Vincent Dunn, and I I want to say it was either him or Norman. I don't remember, but. Mm-hmm. One of them also, just going back to your story about like going to college and kind of not yep. doing it, I believe it was Vincent Dunn, but I don't want to get it wrong, like 
had no education, put himself through through college basically mm-hmm. to learn how to to write and then put out all of these. Correct. I think it is mm-hmm. done. Yeah, it put out all of these books yeah. that yeah. literally have changed the fire service. They have this, and to John's point, this book here. I said this book. They're not going to tell you how to throw ground ladders. This isn't a no, textbook, no. but the kid coming out of drill school, out of the fire academy, wherever he's coming out of, can pick this up and he can learn so much about his battle space, about his environment. Vincent Dunn's gone into this whole new thing now with uh, battle space books and, and, and fire you know, dynamics and, and, and more on to um, collapse of burning buildings in one of his other books. But there are all, the, the good thing about this book is that there are actually case studies that kind of at the beginning and a real big one at the end about the wall bombs fire, mm-hmm. um, supermarket right. fire in 1978 that killed six New York City firemen. So right. this is a great book. As a chief of department, I, I thumb through this on a regular basis, and I, I, they're all over the. I know I, we bought a bunch. When I was in the training division, we bought a bunch of these books right. for the firehouses. Just throw them on the table, yeah, see if they pick the them up. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. See, and I, I like that. Like I, I, I like the idea that the that the fire department is invested in the people and the education and like, we'll, you know, throw, throw a few books or have their own library or, or whatever the case is. And, uh, I also really like the idea of a battle space and like coming mm-hmm. from the military as, mm-hmm. as uh, Barry can attest is when you know, you're going to fight in the desert, you don't go train in the jungle. Yep. You know what I mean? You got to kind of train to your environment yeah, and train in the jungle. Uh, let's see my, my gener- <laughs> my generation, us <laughs> <laughs> old farts. No, um, but uh, but yeah, like having like understanding that it, it is a battle space mm-hmm. and understanding like where you are, what you're in, what you're likely to see because mm-hmm. you can't prepare for everything as we, we've talked about in the past, but you can prepare for what's most likely to mm-hmm. you're most likely to encounter. So no question, yeah. no question. And and in New England, we we you know we're seeing so many of these new lightweight wood trust buildings going up, and we're seeing so much of that. Yeah. There there are inherent dangers with those because a lot of those void spaces are not sprinkled. They're large void spaces that are going to carry a lot of fire. But you know any community you go through, I don't care if it's a small farm mm-hmm. community, you're going to have balloon frame construction. Yep. You're going to have taxpayers in your downtown. Mm-hmm. You might not look at it like a taxpayer, like they're all over New right. York City. But there are taxpayers. They're yeah. they're 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 basically buildings that were built years ago to pay the yeah. taxes till they could put a big, big right. building up, right. and they're built with <clears throat> void spaces and fire stops and all right. these things. But they're dangerous to the yeah. average firefighter, right? And if you attack them incorrectly, they're extremely dangerous. No One thing that this book pointed out to me, and I, you know, I lightweight building construction, right? Here I am thinking, oh, this is like the latest and greatest. Not the greatest to me. I just mean yeah. this is what's out. And this is what they're doing. This is how they're building things now. But after going through this book, I, you know, and you realize that lightweight construction has been around mm. forever now. Mm-hmm. Um, like trusses aren't a new thing. Mm-hmm. Trusses are going back to mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I don't know how far back they're going, but I know that large buildings were being built with trusses in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, think about truss bridges. I mean, yeah. you go back right, literally no, so centuries before, you know, people understood yeah. that technology. So these engineers have been out here doing this stuff for a long time. And so you start, and then you start reading into, um, I, I forget um, the exact word for um, for the inspections, but they're like passive inspections more yeah. or less, where, where the engineer just sends a, an affidavit to the building inspector that this is good to go. Well, right. now, now you're counting on construction workers mm-hmm. to actually do the right thing, not take any shortcuts. But then even when that happens, now we're looking at fireproofing materials that really aren't even, 
I'm going to say properly tested. Right. Um, and, and then, and then you're looking at, you know, um, all the other construction guys going in or the tradesmen going in poking holes and, yeah. and not filling them correctly and all these things. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's like you take this, these like old, like monolithic structures mm-hmm. that, you know, were heavy, heavy steel mm-hmm. with, you know, all the beams and, mm-hmm. um, you know, everything to support yep. them. Full and, width lumber. Full width lumber. Right. Yeah. And, and you yeah. take structures like that and, and they're actually like much safer. They're, they're, they're like safe. And then, you know, uh, and, and now it's just, it's just, it's just not the case. It, just you know? case, case in point, my house, um, my house was built around 1900. They say like, you know, if you see 1900 on the MLS, it's probably just cause they don't know the actual date. Yeah, it was yeah, somewhere yeah, around okay. there. Um, when we did the inspection in my house, I noticed some, um, some of the ceiling, the, the roof joists were kind of burned and they sistered them and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but go, I went back and looked at it afterwards. And what I, what I, I think came to the conclusion, judging by the construction around my house and when it was built. And that is, I think that my house actually burned down and they reused because these oh. things don't burn through yeah. because it just doesn't make sense where the burn boards are. They're and they obviously together. didn't replace the ones yeah. between them. Yeah, right. I think they were able to reuse, reuse. Yeah. some of those boards and then, right. Probably when they somebody bought it in the seventies, they were mm-hmm. like, "You should sister these up or something yeah, like yeah. that," because well, then they have like the newer lumber there. Yeah. So think about um, whatever that Japanese torch. Uh, oh yeah, they, like they, they burn they the wood and the oil and it, preserves it, and then it. it makes it yeah. even stronger Hard somehow. Yeah. So I mean, I guess if it's not completely burned through and you sister it up, it's probably it's probably, probably just right. as good. Yeah. But I think if you look at, and I'm certainly not like the structural expert whatsoever. I'm def- I definitely need to read this book. But I, I try to take, like, a, an interest in, like you said, like, the, the cities are classroom. So yep. I try to, like, go around. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, for the commercial industry, it's a cost-effective and efficient way to build. Mm-hmm. And it's structurally sound but not under fire conditions. And when right. you – Absolutely. Right. When I was in Florida, um, my wife tolerates me in many ways. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's all of us. But yeah. Um, and we drove there, by right? where we were staying. Where we were staying, there's, uh, like, an open construction site that I may or may not have ventured into because they had all these, they had like literally prefab, like huge piles of prefab trusses. I was like, Oh babe, look at these. And she's like, can we just go now? Um, she's like due to have a baby within yeah. Yeah. any day. Um, now. Yeah, but yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. Oh, look at these gusset plates, babe. Like this is all just held together with gusset plates. She's like, can we just please yeah. go get a food? Right. But it was very interesting. Like you really realize like how, if exposed to a fire load, like how quickly no this stuff yeah. is going to yeah. go. And when, so one of the things to go back to this book, and I think if if anything, there's all the stories. As they talk about a number of different things. At the very end, they do the case study on the Wall Bomb Supermarket Fire in 1978, August 2nd. I think we're coming up on 44 years in a couple of weeks here, a week or so here, 44 years of, of that, and it killed six firefighters. One of the things that Vincent done, which was really interesting, when you when when you read this book, and I've seen interviews with him, I've actually seen him speak. He actually talks about the fact he said, well. Was I was if I was there, would those guys have survived? And he went, no, because I don't really know a lot about trusses. This is 1978. This is a 1920s era built building. Like you said, back to the early 1900s, they were still making trusses. Mm-hmm. This bowstring truss, it was going to say, oh, yeah, I was going to say, five. was that a bowstring? It was truss a bowstring truss roof. It was, and it was so, and it also put a rain roof on top. So when you read this case study, and it's interesting, we have a number of these throughout the city of Brockton. I know um, that we. We don't do a great job labeling them. It's past word of mouth that we know they're there. Right. Which is probably, we probably should do a better job of that. But when they arrived, they had a fire in the mezzanine. Smoke conditions, nothing drastic. They get up, they sent a crew to the roof. roof, They got up to the roof to try to start cutting the roof. And they went, this wasn't just a rain roof they put right on top. 
This rain roof actually was protecting a dip in the center of the roof. Six or eight feet down was where the, regular, where the rest of the roof was. They couldn't get down there to cut it. Damn. Guys are fighting fire or trying to fight heavy heat conditions in the mezzanine where the offices were, and they weren't making much resistance until trust number five, I think it was, collapsed, came down, firefighters fell in, stuff fell on top of firefighters, 40,000 square foot of space was wow. taken over because it was such a huge area, 20-foot 20, 20 spans, 100 building. It's like a void. I mean, yeah. that's wow. a huge void. And this is what this is what killed those guys. They worked, they had to dig in through the sidewalls of the building to get out what survivors and what 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 yeah. members they could. So it, it's, it's when you think about the building, I we always used to talk about the Zayas building in Brockton on North Main Street. It was a bowstring truss roof. I used to go there all the time when I was a little kid with my parents. Get this, get that, whatever. And now it's a it's a it's a storage property, um, like um, like public storage building. Well, what do people put in public storage? Yeah, everything. What don't Every they? Put? Yeah, everything. I guess the better question is what don't they put in those buildings? Now they got stuff in those buildings with this bowstring truss roof. We don't know what's in there. It's all cordoned off. That bowstring truss roof is still being holding up this structural roof. And now we don't know what's going to potentially... Grocery store, what's in a grocery Probably store? Probably condensed, right. yeah. You know what I mean? You kind of can yeah. figure out what's in, a, what, right. what's, in a, what's in a grocery store. We don't know what's in this building. Yeah. I mean, even if it's not anything crazy, it's all plastic. It's all, yeah. of right? It's if the, a couch, a yeah. mattress, uh, yeah. whatever. So it's, it's just... Synthetic. it's Yeah, it's all, yeah. It's all solid gasoline, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. It's all, and anything with a truss, you got to remember, too, once one part of the truss goes, the whole truss goes. Right. Going. So it's not... You know, it's very structurally sound until it's not. Right. And yeah. when it's not... It's dramatically. Right. I, I remember I hadn't. So I started on a smaller department, and and uh, I don't recall that there were any bowstring trusses around. So I really hadn't even talked about them much. And we did a class in Boston, um, that hazmat class. And I remember the deputy at the time, uh, Morrissey, had come in and he was like, "What's up with this this ceiling?" And I was like, eh. and "He was like bowstring truss." And he kind of sh- showed and talked about it. And yep. and was like this he Mike said. Reddy? Uh, Ed, Ed, Ed Morrison. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. And it, I mean, so it, and it's man. great because you get guys that understand that stuff and you, you kind of just going back is you have to start pointing this stuff out because if you don't see it every day, it's not going to be in your CAD necessarily. You nope. need the information to be passed. So how many years people. on, how many years did you have on that? I had, had that conversation about, uh, so it was our, our first year, probably within okay. my first yeah. six months at Cambridge. That's so awesome. I, was, I was about seven months on the job for my other or seven years prior without yep. ever really talking about it. And then. So there you look at a guy like Eddie Morrissey, well-respected, well-known deputy chief in the city of Cambridge, family history in the fire service. What was he doing? He was passing on information that was given to him and the importance of it. You know, we're going to talk about things today with balloon frame and stuff. I I didn't make this stuff up, fellas. Yeah, right. I had great people before me that told me this stuff. And we just have to keep passing that on through venues. Right, and right. avenues like this. This is why, I mean, we didn't have this years ago. This right. is awesome because someone can come on this yeah. and they might be working in a department where they don't have great leadership. They don't have bolstering trusses. They don't have the ability to learn this information. Maybe they're not good readers. Maybe they pick up Vincent Dunn's book and go, I just don't like reading. Yeah, right. right. Now yeah. they watch this. We talk about this because mm-hmm. of people that have passed things down right. from generation yeah, to generation. Absolutely. Right. That's how the fire service works. I say that every time we're sitting around yep. the kitchen table. I'm giving you, I'm not that smart. C student in high school, I told you guys. Barely get into college and couldn't stay there. My point being is I'm passing down what people gave me. Mm -hmm. And and this is where we talk about lightweight wood frame truss and stuff like that. This is newer. This is stuff we have to really begin to really look at. We're talking about EVs, electric vehicles. 
this is stuff we'll pass down. Right. But this other stuff right yeah. now, we really have to t- yeah. pass on. And, and, and kudos, obviously, to Eddie. Eddie's a, Eddie's a close yeah. friend. And I knew, you know, you know that's the way he is because he's always yeah. talking oh, about yeah, that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And he will. Up. He's retired. He's yeah. still talking about <laughs> it. Right. But that's what's Wait, great. Did, did Eddie Morrissey retire? Yeah, yeah. just recently. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Recently. Yeah. 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 But, but unless these buildings get torn down or burned, they're going to be here for generations. Oh, yeah. So you have yeah. to continue that mm-hmm. training through no the generations yeah. of firefighters that are going to be there. Because, you know, again, my house is from 1900. Mm-hmm. It's built differently than a house from mm-hmm. 2022. And, and being that all hazards and catch all, you got to know how both of them are going to act. Otherwise, you're going to put people in bad spots. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. There's no question. There's no question. Um, yeah. So I think uh, I've got, I actually, it's, it's funny. I didn't know if we were, like how far into the book we were going to talk about. But I think I got some questions on some stuff, but I think, well, I think I'll probably kind of wait for the end because I think it'll, kind of help um i don't know i think, I think all, yeah. yeah maybe we'll just wait to yeah. the end because i think it, a lot of it we can tie it in with with uh you know the two and a half story wood frame construction and and some some things like that so Absolutely. i think that's cool. good yeah, yeah yeah so um all right so chief i'm gonna i'm gonna hand this over to you and uh you oh boy through it <laughs> as, as quickly you as want it to come back in one piece yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah all so right. Just you could just hit so the this arrow is button. Florence Street, correct? This is Florence Street. Yep. So, so I have to tell you, my disclaimer on this fire is I've I've looked at it a lot. Uh, Deputy Chief Galligan was the acting chief that day. Correct. Um, this is our bread and butter in the city of Brockton, in the town of Stoughton, city of Cambridge. We have these everywhere. Um, I was actually at my daughter's college graduation, listening on Broadcastify, but I was there. <laughs> <laughs> right. My As wife. Go, my are. wife goes. You are not. You, this. You, you have one daughter. Yeah. She's going to graduate from college once. Right, right. <laughs> Can you please? Sit down. But this building's only going to burn yeah, once, I yeah, hope. Yeah. <laughs> this was actually about three houses down from where I grew up. Oh, really? Actually in wow. downtown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so this is um, Florence Street, very congested area. All three deckers, two and a half, um, two and a half story wood frames, bread and butter, balloon frame, um, knee walls, attic spaces. Um, the dangers of these buildings are not the collapse issues we think of. I, I, I say that, and then I go back to uh, John Davies in Worcester, who was killed years ago, and that was a three-decker. And I remember when that happened, thinking, oh my goodness, are these three-story wood frames in these two and a half, are they coming to their end of life? Yeah. Is this right. something we have to be concerned about? You know, these were built in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Are these, well, there have been modifications done, different things happened. These are solid buildings, full-length lumber from the sill right to the base of the base base of the roof. Um, it's old-growth lumber. Old-growth right. lumber. Yeah. It's full full-dimension lumber. This stuff is going to take a while to burn. I have a, as a as a chief officer. I have, and as a firefighter and as a, as a company officer, I had such a more comfort level operating in these buildings because of the fact that I knew they were going to stand up for a while. Right. Yeah. You know. Could we get trapped in flashover? Could we get trapped in a number of other things? Absolutely. But structural collapse was not my, my was not in the forefront there right. because of this. You look at a building like this, and just to talk about it real quick. So when I look at a house like this and I see a two-and-a-half-story wood frame versus a three-decker, what's the difference? Well, a three-story wood frame is three full floors. A four-story wood frame is four full floors. Um, you go out to the city of Worcester. My, my son goes to Holy Cross, so I'm out in Worcester a lot. And when I drive through there, I see a lot of three-deckers with peaked roofs. That's not, say, a three-and-a-half. A two-and-a-half a two is because you can basically live in that half space. 
There are some serious structural concerns, though, and differences we have to be worried about with a two-and-a-half versus a three-decker. Fire gets into the walls in a three-story wood frame house, and it goes up through the balloon frame. It's going to get into that cock loft, and it's going to battle around in the cock loft, stay within the different bays that it's in. Completely understandable. Do we have to go after it and get it? Absolutely. The bigger concerns I see with something like this in a two-and-a-half, and the concerns I've had over the years and and with the fire spread in a building like this, you get a simple basement fire. You get a fire in an outlet. You get a fire in a chimney chase. Think about a lot of these houses years ago. The old stoves and ovens were vented into the chimneys. Mm-hmm. Do you think those seals held up well? Now, a lot of times you'll go in and you'll see a plate over where that vent hole was. That, people pull those plates off. Now you have a contents fire that's now going to get into the structure. And when we look at a building like this, you really need to think of, especially with balloon frame construction, is it a room and contents fire or is it a structure fire? Room and contents fire, I'm probably handling it with the first assignment, mm-hmm. potentially, as long as it doesn't spread. Right. I have a structure fire. Any literature you read, anywhere you look, I'm going to need at least 25 to 30 personnel to get there to do that. I'm at least a second alarm to get this job done. Depending on what department you're working on, you could be four alarms deep. Depending on the weather of the day like we've been having out there, you could be eight alarms deep. Who knows? But my point is determining that contents fire versus a structure fire or contents that's now gotten into the structure, it's still a structure fire. We have to plan for the worst. Yeah. But when you look at this, if I look at this building, I look at when I look at the outside of the building going up, I look where it meets the base of the roof, right down where the soffit and fascia are. If you basically make a triangle just inward on the sides of that, that's where your knee walls are going to be. Knee walls are dangerous because you don't know what's in them. A simple car fire on a building like this that's parked next to the building gets up. What are the soffit usually made of? Yeah, now, well, aluminum yeah, vinyl, or plastic. Yeah. Plastic, aluminum, yeah. Very little. Yeah. Do you think the fire is going to spread in there? Why is it built like that? Well, it's, used, it's built like that to kind of vent the attic space, right. vent those right. wheels, so it doesn't get all jammed up, right? So now that simple car fire is going to get into that knee wall. Once it gets in and, and starts baffling around in the knee wall, it's going to spread up through those bays, right. and now it's going to get into the attic space, right? It's also going to spread across underneath, potentially underneath that floor. Right into the other knee wall. This fire in the attic space is going to come down. Remember something. Fire, heat, smoke is going to find the path of least resistance. Convective currents are going to take it up. We know that. We know convective currents are going to take it up. The wind may push it, Mm -hmm. but it's also going to find the path of least resistance. So don't think for a second that fire in the attic isn't going to come down that other side potentially and fill that other knee wall. All right? So the dangers in that... The first and second floors, we can treat a lot like a three-decker because it's squared off, everything's normal. When you get up and I go in the back set of stairs to stretch a line to the third floor because I potentially have a fire in the knee walls, but we've also got, maybe maybe we had a fire in the basement that spread right up. Mm -hmm. I'm sent to that third or half story. I get up there. I'm basically climbing into an oven because more than likely that fire is all around me. Right. Where we run into trouble is, is we get into the middle and go, okay, yeah, I think it's in the structure. Let's pull. What happens now? Now you're creating flow path. Now yeah. I'm creating a huge flow path issue. Now I'm creating a problem where I just said, that fire is going to find the path of least resistance. Yeah. It's going to come down on top of me. We had a, a captain many years ago, and if you, if you ever listen to the Fallen Firefighters podcast, um, National Fallen Firefighters Chief Kenny Galligan has um, a, a former captain, Joe Lacacha, where the ceiling came down on him. 
And he went out the front window, and there happened to be an aerial going by to go to the roof. That ladder wasn't there. He would have fallen right out the window. But he dove out of that building. One of the first tactics, one of the first ground ladders we throw at a two-and-a-half-story wood frame is a 35-foot roof ladder, the working fire ladder we use all the time, right to that front window. Yeah. And we'll go up and potentially get rated. We won't necessarily always take that window out, depending, because we mm-hmm. don't want to change the flow path right. in the building. Yeah. But it's there in case someone's got to come right. out that right. window. Um, there was a great picture of a firefighter by the name of Bill Benavelli years ago, and I'll use his name because he's an awesome guy. He was on Rescue 2 for many years, and I worked with him in, in, in EMS for a while. He actually dove out, and they didn't have a 35 there. They had just gotten to the fire, and he was on the rescue. He was searching above the fire. He dove out that window, and he's literally holding on to a roof space, just, just as you would see on this outcropping yeah. here, wow. holding on to it, and fire's blowing out over his head. Wow. And the ceiling had come down on him. Um, so those are, those are bigger concerns with two-and-a-half-story woods versus, well, how do, you, how, do you, how do you combat that? How do you know if the fire's in that attic space? Right. Well, do it from the stairwell. When you're in that stairwell and you're ready to make that push into that room, Get out there. Get a longer pike pole. Right. Get a Boston rake and reach in from that stairwell. Give a quick pull. Yeah. Because why? I have the safety of getting back down these stairs. Right, right. Once I get into the middle of that room, yeah, I don't have that right safety right. anywhere. Luxury is gone. Yeah, that yeah. luxury of that is gone. So that's a concern. You can even pull a little bit in the stairwell. Is it above me here? Sure. We had a fire on Father's Day back in, geez, I think, 1997 or so. And it was a similar two-and-a-half-story wood frame house, very similar to this. And we got up inside. And I went. We were in the stairwell. And it's classic was always start to pull from the stairs. So I reach up. There was no, the ceiling was gone. They they started to hit it with water from behind me. At, they were over my head hitting it with water. The water was coming down and boiling my my gloves. That's oh, how yeah. hot it wow. was. The ceiling was gone. It had burnt everything away. We ended up getting pulled out. We fought it defensively. We attacked it. We ended up knocking it down and going back inside. But the importance of understanding that structure and how that structure is built is as important as the firing. Because you have to have an idea of where the fire is going to go, how it's going to get there. And, you know, whether it comes up through a chimney chase, you, you know, a basic, you know, we're, we're coming into that season. We're going to be coming into that season in October, November. People's furnaces are going to start right. coming on. Now, what happens in a delayed ignition? Too much oil, fires, 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 yep. boom, Big right? Well, yep. it can blow the, the front panel right off the firebox. You could have a fire. If you, People put everything in their basement. You could right. have a fire. Where's it going to go through? It's going to go through that chimney chase, right, right through that chimney collar all the way up through. Yeah, it right. may not get to the knee wall for a while, but you're going to have fire in that chimney chase all right. the way up. So void spaces, although, the, although these buildings are so structurally sound, void space fires are great in here, just like an ordinary constructed building like a taxpayer or mm-hmm. anything like that. Right. And to think about it, when we talk about lightweight wood frame, we talked a little bit earlier, all those void spaces are not sprinkled. So oh, yeah. you're going to get fire in those. And remember something, we have a structural concern with that building. Oh, yeah. We have oh, a yeah, much yeah. bigger structure. Right away. Right, right, right away. Right. Yes. Yeah. And the, the chimney spaces, and again, I, I know I've related to my own house a few times, but um, it's that's a really good example. So, again, my house is kind of place platform construction, but if you go to the attic, you can see the basement. Of course you can. Through the, through the old chimney yep. that old my chimney furnace vents mm. yep. right up, yeah. you know. Yep. I, I used to, you, you take a, 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 a set of dice or, a, or some nails Drop them. You're going to find them in the basement. Yeah. yeah. They're just going yeah. to go right down. You can do that in a knee wall. Throw them in the mm-hmm. corner of a knee wall. It's going to drop right down. Right. Now, are there some two and a half story woods and three deckers over the years that have had fire stops put into them? Absolutely. One of the things people forget with these types of buildings, we talked a lot about convective heat and convective movement of, of this fire, and the convection is going to make it rise. What happens now when you get a good knock on this fire? We get this thing knocked down. 
the fire was on the second floor, extended to the to the to the half story. I get the heavy fire knocked down in the structure. Where should I outside or should I be checking? Below it. Drop down fire is a real deal. Right. Platform platform constructed. I have a uh, my 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 um my my house is a you know, center center entry colonial um, built in two thousand. Platform stick construction, not a big deal. Balloon frame is a different story. We always talk about and you hear about and you read about um, shoddy overhaul is what causes rekindles. Right. And a lot of times, because people don't know where they're looking, mm. um, you know, you have that convective heat that's in the structure and that fire is going to go up through the walls. Once you've knocked a lot of that down, opened it up, those embers aren't going to rise anymore, but they will drop. They will fall. So, yeah. so you'll hear me on the fire ground a lot of times. Okay. May, we, we got the main body knocked down. Okay, I got a company rehab. Let's get in there, get into the first floor, whatever the floor is below it. Let's start opening up the ceilings and the corners on the on, on the balloon frame sides because you're going to have those embers falling. Next thing you know, they're boarding up the building. You get smoke coming out the roof right. if you don't do a good right. job at that. So it's not because people aren't aggressive firefighters. That's not it at all. It's a lot of times looking afterwards. Right. Where is that? Drop-down fire is a, is a big deal. And I know right. when I was a deputy, if anyone's like West Dwyer and those guys, they go, oh, he's talking about drop-down fire. Because I talk <laughs> about it all the time. Because Nothing more embarrassing than have to potentially go back to a building that you were just at the day before. Yeah, because right. you we talked do, about that. Yeah. You didn't do a good job. And it wasn't yeah. that you didn't do a good job. You did a great job knocking down yeah. the main body of fire. But there's a lot more. We all know the, first, the, the fun of the fire is in the first half hour. Right. Yeah. Then three After hours that, later, you're like, real work. investigation. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's where so. you get your paycheck. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's the... Because you've already spent yourself, yeah. and we talked about this before, you already right. spent yourself, and then you got two more hours of just Pulling yanking down ceilings, ceilings yeah. and walls Absolutely. and spraying yeah. hot. Yeah. the hard part. Yeah. yeah. I, was, uh, I was actually just talking to a friend of mine because she was in the... F she lived in the first floor, a uh, girl that I grew up with in Brockton. She lived yep. in the first floor of this apartment building in Stoughton, and it was a two and a half story. It ended up being a, th a three alarm. And so, um, and it's funny because after reading that book, now I have like a different view of some of the things that happened because in the book he talks about like what we, what we consider collapse, right? We consider when you, someone asks you what's a collapse, you'd say, oh, the building walls fell on, or the roof fell on and all this yeah. stuff. Well, he, he gets right down um, and, he, and he says, if a ceiling collapses in a yeah. building, you have a building collapse. Yeah. Right. And we don't look at it like that, but that's how you have to look at it because it's, you have your your hierarchy of structural members, and that's how he breaks it all down. Right. Um, when we the fire went up a chase. Yep. And the fire was like three D communicated throughout the whole building, except for yep. the basement. And but there was smoke down there. Yep. And so, but I'm in there now on the first floor. They got a they're, they're working up above me, and uh, we got another line being stretched to go up to the third floor. And I'm working in the first floor where we think it originated, we thought it started uh, where the power came in. Sure. And it, the wind was, you know, 60 mile per hour winds mm -hmm. that day. Um, but she told me, she was on the couch, and she took a nap. And she was like, you know, she thought she smelled something. She woke up, and she's like, I smell smoke. And then that's when she, like, got her neighbors out and, you know, sure. called 911. Um, but it just goes to show you how long that these buildings can smolder oh, for yeah. before they actually yep. take off. Because when we ripped the scene, well... First off, um, the drop ceiling collapsed um, after we were in there for a few minutes. And then after, like, you know, we were able to walk on top of all that, we started pulling down the next ceiling, mm -hmm. um, you know, plaster and lath. And so we're, we're, we're ripping all that down. And once we got all that down in the front room, like where we thought it originated, mm -hmm. the entire ceiling was, you know, across multiple bays 
um, a lot of bays. It was all it was all smoldering. Yeah, and right. so it was like for all that to 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 be smoldering and to be burned the way it is. I mean, that fire had to be going for hours and yeah. hours. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and so you can see how a rekindle would would you know take hours and hours and right. hours and mm-hmm. hours. Like you said, go back the next day yep. even. Right. To, to get to one of these yep. scary know. stuff. Right? Yeah, it's crazy. And I, I've always thought of like burning down as like the fire actually burning downwards. But that's a really good point is that some it's just embers that drop or, you yeah. know, like hot yeah. chunks of wood that drop down yep. and it's in these open balloon frame. And yep. then they end up mm-hmm. and they smolder down there because yeah. you didn't get them and didn't put yep. them out and didn't see them. Absolutely. There's no question. Mm-hmm. Interesting. This is a good picture here. I don't know if this is coming up. but So see these porches. Just for real quick, yes. Chief. Sorry. So for yeah. our, our audio listeners, and we're going to post all this stuff on our um, Facebook so and Instagram, so you guys can go back and look at it if you listen on audio. But looking at a two and a half story wood frame uh, house with uh, porches on the Bravo side of the building. Um, yep. Pretty pretty long long. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's two and a half. That, yeah. I think this this is a really good picture for like communicating the importance of doing a 360. Yeah, in the front, it just looks like I a thought that was a two and a typical half story two and a half, frame. Yeah. And you look yep. at this, how long it's it is. It's actually longer than you yeah. think. Very long. Um, so so I think one of the things, and, and just to be able to be familiar <coughs> as a newer firefighter, as a senior firefighter, as whatever, at whatever level you're at, two and a half stories and three deck is a very similar. Well, they're, they're, you don't, you'll see some modifications, but the driveway side is usually always on the kitchen side. Mm-hmm. I walk up that driveway, I go in that back door, I'm probably in the kitchen. I also have a back stairs that I can go all the, go all the way up to the half, up to the half story. One of the things that's, that's not the case a lot of times in two and a half story wood frames is that front stair will only go to the second floor. So if you're making your first stretch, and I know I got fire blowing out of that front window on the on on the alpha side on the half story, I probably want to get to that back set of stairs. Yeah. It may go up in the front, not always though. So so both egresses then are, are in the back, or they do they count the porch with? They'll count the porch with potential fire escape from the half. You might have um, the half story. Yeah, may have an actual fire escape okay. going down it towards the front. Yeah, or they might have a porch right. up there or windows up there. Okay, and then the back set of stairs is your main body main main egress right there's a reason why you can't even build true two and a half and three deckers anymore right. and it's because, because of, of the egress the, because of the egress right. because of the stairs okay. so so once you get into that kitchen whatever floor you're on a lot of times the next room in you're going to find like a dining room then a front room is going to be sometimes people convert them into bedrooms, bedrooms yeah. but it could be um, a, a family room and usually what will happen is those bedrooms will be down the non-driveway side um so so the, just just to kind of you know you go on medical calls. You go on investigations. When you find anomalies to this, these are the things you kind of got to mm. keep an eye on. You right. know what I mean? Um, because that's going to be the one that you're going to go, wow, this is pretty interesting. This is, you know, keep. I might not necessarily remember this building, but I'll remember what I saw here. And right. it may be in other places. Talking about the porches, I mean, you look at, you look at what happened down in um, Nantucket, careless disposal of cigarettes. Oh, yeah. uh, smoking materials. We see this all over the place. Someone will go out on their porch, they'll smoke a cigarette. Next thing you know, the porch is going like crazy. Well, that second floor porch we see here on the Bravo side, that porch gets going. What's right next to it? Just above it, the soffit. Those convective yep. currents are going to bring it right up into that soffit. Right. And next thing you know, we have an outside porch fire that now has has actually connected to the knee walls and into that half story. So these are the things, you know, when, when you talk about you know, um, the different levels of where your thought process should be at a fire. You know, when we always say like, you know, firefighters should be following, following 
the orders they're given and, and adapting to the situations around them and seeing in front of them, you know, the company office is looking out here, the chief officer might be looking out here and maybe, you know, that 10, 15, 20 minutes. This is my concern, a porch on the side of the house here. Well, I need to get someone, you know, yeah, the fire, I see the main body of fire where I really got to start looking at those knee walls and into that attic space in, right. in, 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 that, in that half story. So the, the big dilemma is you pull up to something like this, and I always say this, and I, I'll, I'll pose this to, to guys sometimes around the firehouse. So, I, so just as a, as a side note, I'll, I'll, I, I get in early in my office, and then I leave and I'll go out on the road, and I'll say to my secretary, I'll see you in a little bit. I got to go to City Hall, and I'm going to stop by some of the stations. She goes, see you around 3. Yeah. <laughs> I, next thing you know, I'm drinking coffee, yeah. talking to everybody. We're talking about tactics and different yeah. stuff like this. Because yeah. So you pull up, and you have this second-floor porch going like crazy, Right. Do you hit it with the deck gun? I mean, we we saw in Rockland a great display there where they just Beautiful. knocked that whole fire yeah. down. Yeah. There's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. That that Chief Duffy's a that friend was a of mine. Large, large body. And I remember fire. calling him afterwards after I saw because I went yeah. to that fire. It was just before I took over, and the chief wasn't coming in for out of town stuff. And I went to that fire, and I said, "Well, this thing took a pretty good burn. It wasn't there long I left." I remember seeing the video calling Chief Duffy afterwards, going. Holy mother of God, did yeah. they make a stop? Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. That was That's like a really the timing cool. on that, that was, was yeah. like that was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. They couldn't hit that better. No. So you see this porch out front here, right? And you get the deck gun in line. Absolutely. Listen, you got to give it your gusto. Bang yeah. it out quick. Yeah. Right. yeah, it might be in the structure, but you got more. The cavalry's coming. Yeah, the cavalry's right. Coming. The cavalry's coming. Yeah. And you, well, if it's not in the structure, it's going to the it's structure. It's going there. And if you don't make a decision to take care of it, you might lose every drop of water out of that deck gun and out of that tank. But you know what? You made a heck of a you made yeah. a heck of a play right yeah. out of the gate. You hit it with some heavy artillery off the bat. Absolutely. Right. Now, mm. what about that back porch? What if that back porch is going on the second floor? What are our thoughts about opening the deck gun there? I have I have a pointed opinion about it. Maybe less effective where the distance, you know. We're not sharpshooters. Right. Right? Right. The deck gun, I don't know what size tips you guys use, whether it be an inch and three eighths, inch and a half to start out, whatever the case may be, right. five, six, eight hundred, right. know, whatever it may be. 105 PSI. Right. We pull up, that back That back porch is going, and I get the deck gun in line with that. The wires are in the way. You know we're going to hit the wires with the line, so it's going to spray everything yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't know how big your, your tanks are. I think Cambridge, you got about 500. 500. We're 750. We 750, yeah. I guarantee you, I don't care how, if you do this every day, Half of you're probably going to put a good 300 gallons, potentially 250, 300 gallons on the in ground. the driveway. Yeah, on right. the ground before you even. Potential. Right, Where, yeah. That one right up front, you're going to be good. Yeah, you yeah. know you're going to. We had a fire on Highland Street in downtown, um, right in the middle of COVID. And we pull up, three-story wood frame, third floor porch is going like crazy. And I had a senior man in charge of the squad. And another guy jumps up. I said, let's hit it with the deck on. I said, get it right in position. And the kid that was driving, I looked at him. I said, you need to get 105 PSI like that. Because if you just open this, what's going to happen? Yeah, it's going to blow. Now yeah. I've lost that water. Yeah, I get it right to pressure. Now I'm at it. And I'm going after it. Uh-huh. And now I'm making. It. Now we grabbed it. In the, it was actually it already burned in the, into the into the soffit. It was already in the cockloft, yeah. and we made a good push on it. Knocked it down. Good stop. Guys did a hell of a job. Yep. I transition back to that back porch we were just talking about now. And they had a fire, in a in a in a in a three story wood frame. Back porch, just like that. Lieutenant pulls up, pulls past the building. We have a two and a half store. We have a we have a two and a half, two hundred foot pre-connect that comes off the back of um, all our engine companies. He's the officer on the squad. He he orders the two and a half to be pulled. Pulls it down the driveway. They knock the hell out of that porch fire. 
what they found was on the back, the whole back of the soffit was also going. Now, now it's in. you're getting 300 gallons a minute potentially out of that two and a half versus 500 because no one's going to stop taking tip sizes. No, They're right. just going to hit it, right? Yeah. 200, he made a hell of a play on that, but he also now could get around the back of the building, right. which he wouldn't have had that opportunity Ability, with yeah. the deck gun. Now, right. these are food. This is food for thought. Everyone is going to end up with a different right. I'll look at this. But these are the things that as a, as a guy riding the back step, or the guy that's in charge, you know, we promote offices sometimes that aren't, they're like, they get a little anxious when they get there. They, they might not want to hit the deck and run out of water. Well, this might be a perfect play. That might be something you can say. Is, yeah, hey, we yeah. hit this hard right now. Right. We're going to be good. Right. You know what that is? That's blitz attack. That's transitional attack. Right. So when we talk about, you and I were talking a little bit about transitional yeah. attack prior, prior to us starting here. Been around for a long time. Yeah. When when I started in the mid nineties, we called it a blitz attack, and then we'd knock it down and bring an inch and three quarter in, right. and go and put it out. I, I think there's a lot of people that want to put their names on covers of books. Yeah. <laughs> if I if I could if I could write, maybe I'd try yeah. it too. <laughs> my point is, I wouldn't know what a comma was if I tripped over it. <laughs> but my my point being is, we used to do that stuff a long time ago. Yeah. Maybe we got away from it a little bit, so now it's a resurgence. But. Anyways, to this building, this is a big building. It's split in half. So now, split in half potentially, right? Maybe it's a six-family. Maybe it's not a three-family, you know, with using that half-story as also. Because people use that half-story as living space. Mm -hmm. right. um, another big thing to think of. You we know you, because it's got an AC right in the window. AC you know right in the window. Oh, yeah. living up there. Yep. Another thing, too, to think of. When you look at a building like this, if you look at that A-side double window, usually that ceiling is going to be about... How high? Probably maybe maybe a foot above that or so. Yep. How much space does that give you in the attic? Big attic space. Oh, yeah, So yeah. now when you go up to cut a hole in this roof, maybe you can't Long get all the way ball, to the yeah. top. Maybe you have an issue because there's fire blowing out of somewhere. Can you cut that a little bit lower? Or if those if those windows are real high up to that peak, now we know we got to cut it at the very top. Right. What are we trying to do? We're theoretically trying to turn this building into a chimney right. is what right. we're trying to do. Yeah. So, so keep that in mind. These are some things you have more time. Plus, not to mention, you have more time when it gets in that attic space. There, there's more room for it to build pressure. Right. Where in a smaller space, those windows are going to be higher on that peak. Smaller space, it's going to build pressure quicker. When you pull that ceiling, it's going to come down real hard on you. I'm going to move forward here. Yep. Can, can I? Sorry. Oh, yes. Can I ask you Go one ahead. question about yes. that? So, one of the things we like to do on here is talk about. Uh, you know, a lot of guys don't have resources like Brockton has, Cambridge has, Stoughton has, you know, people that have mutual aid 10, 15 minutes away sometimes. If you had that back porch just going to it and this just just uh, out of curiosity and you were in a department that was smaller, didn't have mutual aid coming, somebody to tie in, somebody to take that third floor. Would a bad play be to take your inch and three quarter, hit that, and that way you can actually advance without having to, to move a two and a half to a third story floor? You might show up with one guy. You might not be able to move that two and a half by yourself. Right, Absolutely. Right. I, I, and to your point, and I, I'm going to get fully back to that. But teaching, I, I taught the uh, impact programs for a long time at the fire academy. So I, I got to travel all over, really. I, I handled like Quincy, west to like Mansfield, um, even Franklin area, south down to like Mattapoise at Rochester. Um, not the Cape, but to yeah. the bridges. Yeah. So I covered a whole host of departments. Some of the best conversations... I do the class, whatever the class was. Maybe I'm doing a class on dumpster yeah. flies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows what it right. was? It was that was some of the best conversations I had, and the learning that I did when that after that class was seeing how they handled things. So to your point, which is a very valid point, we, someone one of the chiefs down there one day said to me, "What do you think of transitional track?" 
I said, well, I think I think there's uses for it here, there, and everywhere. I think, you know, again, I got into the whole blitz attack thing mm-hmm. like we just spoke of here. I talked about that a little bit. And and when I was talking about it, he says, we can't do it here because we don't have any water. We don't have any backup. And I went, holy shit, you're right. I learn more. I, I swear to God, I learn more from talking to a guy like him mm-hmm. yeah. than I'm going to learn from a guy who's been in the, not nece- I don't want to say necessary, but a guy in the Bronx for the last 30 years. Yeah, because who, who rode the I, same position every day. Yeah, I had- can't, and I can't relate to him as, as the Brockton fire department because right. he's got more staffing than he to do it. Right. But I learn, you learn so much quicker when you talk to people who are going to do more with less. So this chief's telling me this story, and I'm like, wow, you're right. So pulling that inch and three quarter, keeping it at bay. Maybe he's not fighting the main body of fire. Maybe he's got it up at the soffit trying to knock it down, make sure it doesn't get in. Or maybe he knocks down the main body of fire and says, okay, it's going to run in the soffit, but at least I know what's going on. Right, right. I interviewed in a department before I got on Brockton that was hiring paramedics, like I said earlier, and two of their engines, they showed up with one guy. And they were expected to stretch the line to the front of the house, mm-hmm. charge the line, attempt to get a water feed before the call department got there to be able to do it. That's a Herculean task. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is a Herculean task. If that guy got four of those six things right, mm. he went way above. And that's if right. no one's hanging out of the window. And, and, and if the hydrant's no at the driveway. And if the hydrant's at the driveway. <laughs> right, exactly. You, know, you might yeah. be pull- yeah. or, or what if you don't have a hydrant? Yeah. Right. I went, um, I'm on the uh, Plymouth County, on the Plymouth uh, Fire Chief Association of Plymouth County. We have what's called the Third Alarm Task Force. And um, when I first took over a, 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 almost about a year ago, I actually um, was became part of the Plymouth County Chiefs. And I asked, I said, can I, what's this third alarm thing? And they said, well, there's four chiefs each month and you go to the fire to help out because, you know, they might not have other command staff there. So I said, should I get to go more fires? <laughs> and he goes, he goes, well, someone has to go to Plymouth County Control. But I said, yeah, but if I, if I, if I don't do the Plymouth County Control thing, I get to go to more fires? <laughs> and he was like, yes, you can go to more fires. That was actually a Sold. question that I had for you because, I mean, you got to miss, like, going interior and, you know, and, and being in that fight, yeah. right? But at the same time, um, if there's a fire, like, around, especially, like, everyone that surrounds Brockton, right? I mean, you're, you're pretty much there. So, I mean, you now you're getting to really study other places, uh, other, other places, other operations, everything, and and then just not even that, just honing in on the Absolutely. craft and seeing these things repeatedly and day after day and after. But and I, that's, I think there's that's something to like pretty awesome when you get when you have a fire and you have the the luxury of having multiple chiefs and you can assign somebody to interior. I've never done it, but I think I feel like one of the things that's that's really awesome about that is that you can go in and literally just look around, not literally just look around, but you can. You're taking in how the fire's moving, what's going on, yeah. what the crews yep. are doing, yep. and I just feel like you could like you could just gain so much knowledge Absolutely watching that. Yeah. Like you said, you're not forcing like the door. Yeah. You're not trying to stretch a line. Yeah, you, you're, you're not focused on your picture. task. Yep. You're focused yeah. on the big picture, and I think that's really cool. But yep. anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. Like I said, no, sometimes we have so some of these smaller because, departments. So and, I went. I went to um, recently the first. This was the first month I did it. Actually, was this month, and I went to. A, a, a basically a massive mulch fire mm. south of Brockton. And I, I, was, it, I think they were in third alarm assignment. They had brush breakers, they had this, they had that, all these different things. And I went down there and I checked in with the chief and I said, hey, what do you need me to do? He says, I, I, I'm going to get another engine. I want I, I, I don't know where we're going to put I said, well, listen, I think if you put an engine down this little side road here, you're going to be able to get the whole back of this pile. I, I, that's what I would say. Well, 
as I'm walking down there waiting for this engine to pull in, I look over and they have like four pools set up. They're drafting out of pools. They got this tanker shuttle, 19 year old kids driving yeah, these driving big tanker tank shuttle, yeah, yeah. dumping water. I'm like, Holy mother of God! Right. What an operation! What an operation! Right. Yeah. What an operation! I, yeah. I, I mean, so, so to your point, not only about a town that's going to show up, maybe one or two guys on the truck. You know what? I'd hit it as hard as you can. You might not be able to stretch that two and a half. You might not. Maybe, maybe the deck gun is your only resort for that back right. because maybe you don't even can't get a line back there at all. Who knows? Yeah, maybe right. you do have to. Maybe you're not going to be a good shot. Maybe you set yourself up perfect and say, "Okay, I think I'm aimed okay. Let's go and do it." Right. Who knows? Maybe you got to get down because you know you can't be up there and also running the pump panel. So yeah. you got to aim it, then get down and yeah. and then open that line and charge it. So there's a yeah. lot to be said about that. I, yeah. I I I to back to my point about being able to talk to some of these chiefs from other communities. What they have, I'm very I'm, I consider myself very fortunate. Could I always use more staffing? Absolutely. I don't want any of the city councils to be watching this thing. <laughs> I just said you need more guys. No, I need more. Always but, take more. Always take more. But my, my point is, is when you when you look at what they are dealing with and what they and, and the other part of it too is I don't deal with a lot of mutual aid. I don't like we go to a third alarm before we get anybody. There are a lot of communities, that's all they deal with. Mm-hmm. You know, so so now you're dealing with different command staffs, you're dealing with different uh, people you're not used to seeing all the time. Now you have different potentially different philosophies. Mm-hmm. Um there's a lot to be said about those yeah, things. And, right. and that's a lot to take in yeah. that you don't think about. I, right. I started realizing that when I became a deputy mm-hmm. and I was the training deputy. I'd go out of town to because we send the safety mm-hmm. chief out with with um, with any company that goes out of town to the fire. And I was like, wow, all these different people, all these different fire departments. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Right. Pretty Scott Tax versus way. MSA, RIT teams. Yeah. Well, we talked about that yeah, in our, I mean, our just that one so little much of that. Yeah. yeah. We talked about that in our operational realities episode yeah. you know basically you know not only your operational realities mm-hmm. but those around you and what they're mm-hmm. capable of and right. what they're going to bring or what yeah. you're going to have to bring to the table absolutely yeah. we just had um i just met um with two chiefs that touched my community for lunch last week because they also got promoted right around the time i did to chief of department and um they don't have high rises of any kind they, they carry high rise packs when they come to brockton a cover so we're going to do some inter-department training we did it when i worked in the training division and then it kind of died out for a while, but we're going to get back to getting that because there's certain things that, you know, they, they're going to come to Brockton. They're not going to, you know, right. they're going to need this. They only carry yep. that because of us. Right, right. So there's there's a lot of those things that you don't, you really have to kind of keep keep in mind. Right. But um, this is the, the, again, so this is this is um, the Delta side. Um, a lot of times, too, in these bigger two-and-a-halfs or bigger three-deckers, you're going to see um, these... You might see two doors in the front. The one towards the wall side is always going to probably go up to the, to the next floor up. Mm-hmm. Um, the inner door is probably going to stay for the first floor. Um, these satellite dishes and stuff, think about this. Getting your aerial in place. Trying, maybe you can't get your stick to the roof. Maybe you're trying to get, um, get, um, get, 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 a, get a ground ladder, roof ladder up there. You know, remember, these dish people, you buy that equipment. They don't come back and take it down for you. No. If you get five tenants in the last five years in that building, you get five dishes up there. Now they're right. all on the way. You guys know this. You see this yeah, all the time. So, um, the, the, that air conditioner. See that air conditioner in the alpha side. Talk about flow path issues. If I take that air conditioner out, have I changed potentially the flow path in that oh, room? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I had read about Neewall fire specifically is the danger of taking out that alpha side window 
being yeah. in that room because now you are between yes. the vent and the yeah. fire. No question. So you have to, you have to think long and hard about that. Right. I'm not a big window takeout guy. I never have been. Um, and um, I I mean I I think a lot of stuff we do is I I. I if the inside guys need to get that window out for whatever reason, that's one thing. But we shouldn't just, you know, <laughs> you never put a tool in a chief officer to the newest firefighter on the fire grounds hands and not give him an order because something's getting broken. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah. talking about the flow path, we go back to taxpayers. And we talked earlier about that when I talked about, you know, so many times someone wants to, hey, we got to get in there. Just take out that glass door. Sure. Yeah. Once you take out that glass door, what have we done? Yeah. You have now, no door control. We're crawling over glass. We're taking hose lines over shards of glass that may rip our hose lines. We're mm -hmm. trying to get it into the building, and we may lose our water supply. Also, I've lost complete control. Yeah, right. I've lost that control. Let's go to that. Let's go to that cylinder. Let's pop that cylinder. Let's go in with the key. Let's open it and with the key and and open it. And use now we it. can close it if we need to. Yeah, yeah right. use it to your advantage. Yep. The, the time that that that's burning. It, that takes you to get that door off mm. is less damaging than the few seconds of oh that door being gone and it burning. Absolutely. So, so go to, if you have an opportunity at some point and, and it's a, it's a, it changed, this fire changed their department. I had an opportunity to speak with one of the deputy chiefs from down there, the Charleston nine, the super sofa um, yep. fire store fire and, and what went on there. And, and, and there's that famous picture of the stained glass on the front of that store. And I did a big thing on this because we had had a couple of taxpayer fires um, in Brockton. And when I was in the train division, I did a big thing on keeping things intact. And there's that famous picture of, of a firefighter right in front of that window. And he takes it out. And within, I think, 16 seconds, there was fire blowing because they had trapped fire above the ceilings. Fire is blowing out there and to the demise of, of, yeah, of right. nine members. Right. Yeah. There's that other pretty famous video. Uh, yeah. The guy that takes out the windows, yeah, yeah, and exactly. you just see it communicate, right? Oh my, like a razor ranch with a like a yeah. like an addition. That yeah. poor guy, you almost got to feel bad for the guy because <laughs> that guy knows he's that guy, yeah. and it's yeah. all over the place. He's yeah. like, oh. yeah. this is name tape, wasn't like you know, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, and you know, so so think about this. Yeah. Think about this. That guy goes around the back, right? You see that fire in the basement. See that fire in the basement. The guy goes around back. He's doing a 360, whatever he's doing, right? Send, I, as the chief, at a, uh, chief, I send a guy in the front door. I say, get to the basement. Take mm -hmm. that fire out. Now, he takes out that plate glass window in there. Not only did it spread it through the house, what if you're in that stairwell? Right. Yeah. You just put yourself in the chimney. You put yourself right. in the sights of the gun. Right. And now that fire is coming up that you're going to get crisp. And this is a raised ranch. Yeah. Right. I think it was a raised yeah. ranch house. This yeah. is a straightforward platform yeah. construction. Yeah. We should be able to control this. Yeah. This is a nickel and dime. We're going to be back for lunch. Right. 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 Now you got guys burned in the stairway. Yeah. So, so it, it, like you said, if you don't give him an order, something's going to get broken. The other thing is, is if you're not doing something, you feel like you have to be doing something. Right. And so when you come up to a scene like this, and I know what happens, you know, it, it happens to me because, you know, it's like I just can't, I can't get to enough fires, right, to like really get rid of it yet. But, um, you know, you get up with the adrenaline and you just want to do something. Yep. Right. Right. And uh, actually, so um, Chris or Chris O'Reilly, he's, yeah. he's a captain now, right? He's a lieutenant. On he is a lieutenant. Yep. Okay. I, yep. For some reason, I thought he got promoted, but. Nope. So Lieutenant O'Reilly says I get the best job in the world. I'll probably never take another promotion. Like that. I, that's he what the, that's time, what like the lieutenants at Stone <laughs> say too. Yeah, knowing yeah. where you want to be is, yeah, is uh, a great yeah. thing. And so he, he reached out to me um, 
and he sent me an article, um, you know, about and the article was um, called um, like things I've learned as a senior man. Mm-hmm. And w- the big takeaway that I got from it was um, it was like this. Uh, it was like a Spanish saying, but it it, um, it translated as hurry slowly. Right. Right. So it's the same thing as, uh, you know, slow is smooth, smooth is yeah, fast. Right? Yeah, exactly. And so it's one of these things where we show up and we feel like and and this is where, um, you know, I've had a conversation and, uh, you know, you can you can speak to this. But, you know, when we when we go to Academy, right, um, there's like a stopwatch, right? And they're like, you got to get this done in X amount of time kind of thing. The it, Not really, but you have to do something efficiently and effectively and you can't be taken forever. And so one of the things that I had taken away from it um, was, you know, I, I need to hurry up and get this stuff done fast. As I got more comfortable in my job, I realized that you, you, you don't got to get it done right. You got to get it done right. And you have to take a second to look around. And it's not that they didn't teach us that there. It's just that even going through paramedic school, right? It's like, you got to get this assessment done in under three minutes, this mm-hmm. and that. But so everything's kind of like you get built into this like timed right. thing yeah. where it's like you, you, you kind of lose, you kind of get tunnel vision and you lose the big picture. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so, yeah. but that, that was the big Absolutely. takeaway. And it's not good. I, I'll, I'll be the first one to be a critic of the fire Academy in that, yeah. in that sense. I, I think everybody learns differently. Yes. I, I, me, you could give me a book. I, you know, I love Vincent Dunn cause it's like easy to read yeah, and yeah. I get it. Right. When I was, I'll tell you when I, st- I'll never forget this. You guys are civil service departments, so you know when you study for promotion, you have to read certain books. Mm-hmm. When I studied for, I think it was captain, I had to read a book on management, and it was all based around running a Sonic, Sonic, the, mm-hmm. the yeah. place. Yeah. When I finished reading the book, I had no idea any <laughs> management characteristics that came out of it but i'll tell you right now yeah. i'd run a damn sonic like you wouldn't believe yeah. did, you, did you franchise <laughs> right? after you i was you know what i was ready i was going into something that's I, right. I just you this just was around the time the you first one came the in Massachusetts. Of, uh, sonic and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right no 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 but that was my point is is everybody learns differently yeah. right. and 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 to put a famous phrase deputy i talked about him earlier john cummings the deputy chief in charge of training division he says there's no there's no running on the fire ground you move swiftly and i said Okay, Dep. And he goes, he goes, you want to know why? I go, no. He goes, um, you don't want to trip and fall because that'll interrupt what I'm trying to get done. Yeah, right. But you look real stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think slow and steady wins the race. Yeah. A yeah. lot of times. Yeah. And, 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 and I, I'll tell you, I can see it a lot of times. You know, I, I made deputy chief in 2010. So, so, so I've been in this realm for, for 12 years now. Mm. And I, I, I'll see a, a, a newer kid out of, out of drill school. I was that guy. Yeah, of course. I feel like it was just yesterday. Yep. My hips and back don't make me feel yeah, like it yeah, was just yeah. yesterday. <laughs> but, but he'll be on the fire ground. He's trying to get a water spot. He's trying to do this. Trying to do this. And I'll, I'll kind of walk over sometimes because things are somewhat under control. Yeah. And I'll say, hey, what's the matter? And he goes, I'm just trying to get this. Okay, okay, slow down, whatever. you got to – and that goes to the, you know, Freddie Eichel's, I think, a lot of the mentoring leadership thing. You've got to let people know – that the guy at the top cares as much about that hydrant mm-hmm. that is getting made and dressed as you do. Right. Because if that doesn't happen, other operations don't happen. So when he knows you care, he might focus more. You might send him into a tailspin. But that's why you use a little humor when you do it. You talk to somebody when sure. you do it. 
It doesn't have to be done yesterday. You've got it because if you're trying to hurry, you're trying to. I had a guy one day try to get a steamer cap off a hydrant. Righty tighty, lefty loosey. This is a smart man. Yeah, right. He was righty tighty, right, and like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. yeah. Right. And yep. he was just he was caught up in the moment. Yeah. That happens all. So we had I, well, I talked to, I think I talked. So we had a fire, I think like two weeks ago. Um, it was me. So like, our my my captain was out. So me and one of the other guys we we alternate taking the radio so we both can have like an equal level of experience. Um, and I was talking to a couple of my friends, like you, it's tough because you lose the ability to like look at the macro and you're like so hyper-focused on trying to do what you're doing well. And the deputy called for us to feed engine five. Mm -hmm. So we laid, we laid a lot of, a lot of forms. It's a different story. (laughs) Um, we laid in, we're going to feed five. Um, and he handed, uh, one of my friends, Chris, who's on the engine with me, he handed me the intake or handed me the uh, the hose, and I was about to put it on the discharge. He's like, dude. I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry. But, but like, you're so, like, hyper-focused on performing the task. And it's, like, you're small focused. stuff, and that's why I think you, you yep. rely on your teammates to, you know, we, we take care yeah. of each other. Um, but, yeah, that, that was, when you mentioned that, was, like, so a good example. I think one of the things, so, th- and this is one of the things I see, and we talked a little bit about um, chief officers earlier. I've seen it's hard for a fire chief deputy chief, district chief, battalion chief, whatever you call them, to get out of that realm of being a worker and doing that. The problem is, it's very easy if I walked over and said, get that cap off and rip the cap off and do it myself. Yeah, right. But if I'm doing that, who's doing my job? Right, right. My job is to make sure we get this big picture taken care of. Training is the component to get this done. Yeah. And muscle memory. And and having someone there that's going to say, okay, let's get it done. Come on, you got this. Mm -hmm. If I start doing it, my eyes are off of this. Yeah. Right. And and I'm not doing necessarily my job. And right. now I'm putting more lives in danger. Right. Um so so it's like it's like the officer with the hose line, with the nozzle. Mm. An officer doesn't need the nozzle. No. The officer should be right behind the guy with the nozzle, yeah. directing him in the direction he's supposed because if he's right. on the nozzle, what's the rest of his crew gonna do? Yeah, yeah. right. Right. Yeah, That's you fine. you maintain the strategic right. picture and then you have your company officers to accomplish Absolutely. the tactical right. demands. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I always say that to, I, I often, I bring up, uh, when I got on, I had uh, Buddy O'Neill as my lieutenant, and sure. I always talk about, I've gotten, you know, a ton of great advice from him, as mm-hmm. well as, like, my captain, uh, Bill Barkowski, Billy, and, yeah. uh, you know, I've but, been Billy since I was 18. Billy, yeah, me and Billy, he, Billy's become yep. a really good, good friend guy. of mine, yep. and, uh, yeah, so I, but I always would tell Buddy, because, you know, I'd be riding around in the engine with him and stuff, and we'd have conversations, and I was like, I'm like, Buddy O'Neill, I'm like, you just point to the wall and tell me to run through it. And uh, I'll yep. do whatever you tell me yep. to. You know what I mean? Trust yep. you. Trust you with my life. Yep. So yep. you know that's and as a young guy, that's that's what you want to do. You want it because you you want to go get that experience. And we've talked about this, where you know you want to go in and do those things because you don't. It's like as you know, when you become a paramedic, you work everybody up because you're like, ah, jeez, I don't know what's going yep. on here, right? And they I just want to check every box. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And you can then tailor you your vision. approach. Yes. You get right. a vision. You tailor your mm-hmm. approach. And, um, you know, so that's, that's where I think all of us are now where, we're like the send me through the, through the wall guys, you know, yep. right. and you know, we're all trying to build that vision so that, you yep. know, at some point if we, you know, and we've talked about this too, and, and you just mentioned it, knowing where you want to be, maybe yep. you want to be that senior guy, you yeah. know, yeah. maybe you want to so be some a of the happiest guys yeah. on the department of the guys that got the spot they wanted and they stayed there and yep. they get really, yeah. really good at that yeah. job. I mean, yeah. that's why senior men are, are important to yeah. that. It's so too. important. Yeah. I, I um, watching your podcast with um with uh, Deputy Eichels was 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 awesome to hear 
how, the importance that was placed on that because I cannot. I had a senior man as a captain on ladder one. This he the the, the difference between the senior man who's going to be in charge of the company and the senior man who's the real senior man. Like, right. It's the same guy. Yeah. Right. Some of them think they're the senior man only when they're in charge. Correct. I had a senior man. This guy, I didn't, he was, he was on everybody. It didn't, he was on me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it yeah, didn't right. matter who yeah. you were. Yeah. But the, the, the beauty of that is he understood everything that was going on, knew where it needed to be. And he was that, that, careful watcher from the background to make right. sure all the parts moved the way they were supposed to yeah. move all those pieces moved perfectly and we have one now um, in, in my old group um, the, the senior man on squad A is, is yeah. he is he, he relishes that role right. wants to do that role wants to mentor mentoring is the key to that mm -hmm. position bring that person along bring that person along tell him again talk about the stuff that mm -hmm. has been talked to to him right. about because it's not going to get passed on if we don't right. do it have yeah. you read um, Extreme Ownership, Jocko Willink? I've read part of it. I so have. I haven't. I, I read. I actually read it on vacation. Okay. And I. I never. I didn't actually finish it. So maybe. Uh, maybe you got to. It just. It just rings a bell when you say it. Um, maybe you got to the point where he talks about decentralized command. Yep. And so that is. That was actually when Freddie was on. We. We never made it to talk about it. And right. when we had lunch afterwards. Um, he mentioned something and I said, yeah, decentralized command. He goes, I wanted to talk. We just didn't get to it. Yeah. Right. Um, so and it's important to talk about a little bit now um, where your senior man being exactly where he needs to be at all times and doing everything, that is decentralized command, like personified oh, yeah. right there. Yeah, that absolutely. is it. That is, that is, you know, him doing, knowing the, knowing the overall mission, having the training to do so and taking, taking it upon himself to, be there, no question. Right time, right place, getting everything done, yep. and that's how the mission gets accomplished, yep. right? Yeah. So there's that's no question huge. about that. Yeah. I had a very good senior man when I came on. I had I've had good senior men throughout my career in the different places I've been, and and you don't even like like I, I you hold roll call. All right, this we gotta get this 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 this, and mm -hmm. everybody be ready to go at uh, ten o'clock. We're going out drilling on X, Y, and Z. Right. Well, I come down a half hour later, and everyone's standing around. What's going on? Don't worry, everything's taken care of. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't, I didn't have to think right, right. about what everybody, where, and, and, and not to get off topic with this, but the leadership thing, where, you, where I see, and I've seen over the years, I've seen um, lieutenants, captains, deputy chiefs mm -hmm. fail is they're trying to manage too many things right. at once, and they can't, they're not trusting their people to do their jobs. It is not my job when I arrive at a fire to worry, I, I turn around and I say, all right, like you said earlier, feed engine five, whatever the company was. However it gets done, it gets done. It needs to be done. And you need to trust your people to be able to get it done. And if you can't trust them, you have a bigger issue that needs to be handled in training and Absolutely. other aspects. Right, yeah. and, and that's on you. That's mm -hmm. The buck stops here. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and if you're not doing that, you're not making sure that's going to happen, then ahead of time. That conversation happens long before you oh, get yeah. to the incident. Yeah. Yep. And you've got to trust those people. And you can't. Right. Micromanagers are the d most difficult. The most difficult. So I would have to tell you if you have, if you're in my position and you have people that are at rank levels micromanaging below you, see these gray hairs? That'll make you crazy <laughs> because you know you've got good people yeah. that are working for those people and yeah. they just want to work. And now what happens? What happens now? Those crews don't feel as though 
they can be trusted by anybody. Because yeah, right. my first line officer doesn't even think he can trust right, me. What does right. the chief think of me? Right. You, you, you have to pull that person, that captain, that lieutenant, that deputy chief, that chief department, whoever it is, pull them out and say, hey, yeah. what are you doing? Mm. You Get them to a position where they are going to be able to do this on their own. Mm. And if, oh, they are. They are. Then Let what them do God's it. green earth are you doing it for? Right, right. You're going to get someone killed. Right. And yeah. you're going to lose everything with your com- with your com- with your crew. Right, right, right. Yeah. So good, very good points. Yeah. yeah. Very valid. And I think it's it's kind of ironic because like they're trying, and you see this in every organization. Like it's not fire service specific. It could be any like high high performing team, mm-hmm. right? So like they're doing it to try and positively affect the outcome, but it's actually to the detriment of the Absolutely. mission. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I think Freddie talked about that too. Nail on the head. Absolutely. When we did that episode, is is that exact like, all right, I need, you know, a line to the third floor or I need mm-hmm. you know feed engine five or whatever. And then like I said, you just the guy it, if you're if you're operating at a fire scene and you don't have somebody that can show that that can do that That's job, wrong. then as you said, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. We have right. a we have a more we have a bigger problem. Right. I, I and Andy 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 Carrigan will tell you. He's a very good friend of mine. Andy will tell you, I, I talk about this all the time, and there is a, there's a fire we had in Brockton years ago. I was a safety officer, and I had a deputy chief carrying a hose line around a building, and I lost my mind from a safety perspective. Right. If he's doing that, who is doing his job? Right. And why is his crews not comfortable enough to stretch hose lines? Why does he have to do it? Right. Give me a break. It's not, I'm not saying that job's beneath him. Mm-hmm. He has bigger things he has to worry about. Right. Yeah. His bigger concerns. There's a reason we have positions in the fire <laughs> yeah, service right. and there because is. every one of them is important. Yeah. Right. Stay in your lane. I right. say it all the Stay time. In your lane. Stay in your lane. I say yeah. it all the time. Stay in your lane. But yep. I'm sorry. We get... We digress a little. I yeah, apologize. No, yeah, no, but that's, like, die, that's what we this love is, about the My wife show, said like, it. She didn't think I'd be home till yeah, Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> guys are in for the long haul. Uh, no, but no. That's, it's good because it's exactly... Try to replicate ha- the firehouse table, and that's right. exactly what happened. You start talking about one thing, and that that one thing has so many factors. As you said, the fire service is endless that you can offshoot and talk about all those. And all of those things, like, so we're doing an episode on two-and-a-half-story wood frames. All of those things make this happen. happen. Yeah. You know what Absolutely. I mean? So that's... Yep. Sure. That's important. So I, you guys are putting these pictures up, right? So they'll see these yep. pictures. Yeah, so yep. On YouTube, they'll see them. Perfect. Yep. So this this here, this is this is the Florence Street Fire, if we want to continue. This is obviously clearly in the structure. You can see this thing puffing from a million different places. And look at that smoke. That smoke, you know, you, people get into this whole reading smoke thing, reading smoke thing. You know, there's a valid, there's a valid argument to that, but... What do you think this is? <laughs> this is yeah. this is yeah. all I'm this right now. Fire, that yeah. attic space is screaming. Right. Right. That two, that second that second that half story is screaming, and it's pushing, pushing hard. I, I wish I I, I should have given you a picture that I had of a really good one, Northfield Street. It was actually a fatal fire, but they got a hole in the roof, and you watch this. You could see the smoke coming out horizontally out of the seams of the clavets, and then all of a sudden the hole went in the roof, and all went away. Wow, wow. So it's amazing. So 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 this is you can see this really screaming. It's pushing from the surface. It's pushing pushing from those rake boards. You can see it right at the peak. So you know it's up in that attic space. So now any movement these guys are having going from that rear stairwell or whatever the case may be to get up into there, they really gotta proceed with caution. Now, if this building is split in half and it's a six family, we gotta proceed in even bigger caution because now you don't even know is it over is there is there a wall that goes up between those two? Now you have to you have to 
prepare that there is not because you have to think that that fire has now come all the way to the back of the building right. mm -hmm. and be prepared for that and don't put yourself in a position of harm's way to make sure we always put ourselves in a position of harm's way but put ourselves in a position that when we're opening we're opening from a position that's not going to put us unduly in harm's way mm -hmm. right again be at that stairwell be someplace you can be um, yeah. avenue of egress yeah yeah, yeah. yeah there's no alpha side window if there's a wall right Nothing. through the middle of that nope. yeah, right. yeah. nope um Stick placement, you know, I'm, a, I'm an advocate, We and, and we've done this for a number of years on my department now. We get a couple of houses away. The officer gets out of the, out of the, out of the truck and walks the ladder in, stands at the turntable. Remember, it doesn't matter where the front of that truck is. It doesn't matter where the middle of that truck is. The only thing that matters is where that turntable is. Mm -hmm. and if you can't shoot it from the turntable, you have a great picture in a little while, of, mm -hmm. then it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. you, you, it need, you need to shoot it from the turntable. So a lot of times the officer will get out. He'll walk from the back right around the turntable and watch. Okay, stop. We're going to shoot it here. Sometimes right. he might be a little off, sometimes not, but at least he's putting it. It's too hard. Yeah. I'm sitting in that front passenger seat yeah. to try to get yeah. to the right spot. You lose perspective. Yeah. All perspective, especially these yeah. trucks are so damn big. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So damn big. In my professional opinion, as an energy guy with zero experience on a lot. That's okay. That's okay. You get detailed once in a while. Yeah. Right? No. 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 They don't even let you over. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they want me over there. Yeah. yeah I'll yeah, have yeah. to ask later one. Yeah. Um, Another similar picture, again, water supply is key in a structure fire, right? So everybody gets their water supply different. I know Cambridge, everybody's responsible for getting a hydrant, correct? For the most it's, yeah. Yeah. it's weird because so like, in our SOGs, it's actually different, but in practice, it's kind of expected that you get your own. Yeah. 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 So we, we, have, we have recently switched. We used to be three and one on all struck boxes. We have recently switched to a four and two. This is something I was trying to do for quite a while. Then I get to go in the big seat, and mm -hmm. now with the deputies uh, in agreement, we've been able to do that. One of the reasons, my big thing years ago when I was a deputy, when I needed that second ladder, I needed it yesterday. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and even more importantly, now we also send another engine. So we went. We were going to go. We were going to go from three and one to three and two. We were actually at four and two. Reason being is we've had two maydays in the last twelve years. And they've all happened within probably the first three to five minutes. Of I was five. I was sitting at work and I listened to one of them. Well, the till guy now, fell through the fell through the, yeah, fell through the floor. Yeah, it was great. stairs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, fell through the stairs, yeah. and it was fun. Both of them turned out fine. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that it showed us is we needed a rig company ASAP, not just on yeah. the working fire. Right. Right. So, yeah, so, so that that response. So what it's done is it's for the deputy. You know, it's hard sometimes. You, you know, you're working. As a deputy, you know who's coming, you know where they're coming from, you know what the lineup's going to be. Everybody, by the way the box, and I'm sure everybody does this to some extent, the way the box comes out tells you really kind of what your assignment. First right. engine company is going to be, um, first engine company is going to be uh, attack. Um, second engine company is going to try to drop, lay away, reverse lay, and put their front section on the hydrant. Second, uh, I'm sorry, third engine is going to lay into in and put their hydrant assist valve from a different direction. RIT company is going to pull up at that hydrant assist valve, be prepared to pump it if needed. RIT company is going to come down the front of the building. First do lad is going to do search, rescue, and, and forcible entry. And and second do lad is going to throw the stick, potentially go up both sticks, mm -hmm. cut holes, whatever's need to be done. So we have a we have a plan in place. Now, right. again, you got to be Tom Brady on the fire ground and call those audibles. And that's that's the big thing. Mm -hmm. You know, when we were starting to put this together, um, a couple of conversations went on amongst the deputies and the acting deputies for the captains going, well, what if this happened? I said, Stop the operation and tell them what you want them to do. Right, yeah. right, right. That's make, your job. Right. You, you know, it's easy to be the deputy or the chief officer and show up and stand in front of the building and go, yep, everything's going well. That's mm. the easy part. Mm. It's when things go sideways sure. and you've got to make those calls. Right. That's right. when things change. So, 
So is your guys so for squad A, it's like yep. I'm I'm kind of familiar. So like on your initial box assignment, does that count as one of your engines or is that it operating does, as your rescue it does, company? So it, it operates as an engine, but the company operates as a rescue company when okay. they arrive. So so what we have in place right now, uh, we we we've never had a heavy rescue. We had the tactical support unit for many years. We've actually just purchased a heavy rescue. We've received it. It's actually going out for lettering the end of this week. Cool. Very um, cool. In 1991, they laid off 32 firefighters in the city of Brockton. We've never gotten one of those companies back, engine company one. So wow. what my proposed plan is moving forward is to show the city, which they're biting on now, that we don't need another engine. We could get a heavy rescue right. and operate Diversify in that sense. We, we have right. so many guys taking so many classes yep. on so many forms of technical rescue and different things. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the big picture. I can get an engine from anywhere. I can't get a heavy rescue. Specialized. Right. 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 I can't right. get someone specialized. So that's right. the plan is to actually get this company in service, hopefully, before I retire. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, yeah. yeah. we got our fingers crossed. We're, we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But but anyways, to go to the water supply pot yep. I talked about. Water supply. I, I don't know what every department does. What we always try to do is we try to get two, always at least two water supplies on any type of two and a half or three deck. At least two. Yeah. Um, and we try to get them from different directions. No dead ends. We have good water in Brockton. Certain areas we have very poor water in other areas. I mean, just like any other city like in New England, else, we yeah. have you know we have mains that literally they're taking out that are over a hundred years old. You know, you got an eight inch main with encrustation and sedimentation that's brought it down to a, a three to a four inch. Yeah, yeah, it's like atherosclerosis. Yeah. 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 So, so my, my 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 neighbor was the DPW commissioner. He's since retired, but he used to give me pipes. So this is what you were drinking, and give me. What it was awesome is for the drill school to show them to yeah, help because yeah. because a lot of times they they couldn't comprehend the idea of well if it's a four inch pipe it's a four inch pipe it's an eight inch pipe it's an eight inch pipe no you don't understand a hundred years of calcification yeah, yeah. right exactly. and you bring it in and they're like they're shocked yeah right now. um so this is McDonald's in your heart. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. This is why you're seeing a cardiologist. Right. This is why you're taking lipids off. Um, <laughs> but but you, to keep those things in mind. So water supply is key for us in this in this in this environment because um, you know, I'm a I'm a big do not take consecutive hydrants, don't ever take them on on, on dead end roads. We want to make sure no and my what I always say to everyone is we have water maps everywhere there mm -hmm. in the CAT system. Know where your big water is. Right, right. No I mean, you look at Main Street Brockton, like it's like Main Street USA, right? Main Street Brockton, you get up towards the north side near Home Cafe and like up in the Montello section, and that is a twelve inch main. When you get down the south side, like Italian Kitchen area in Campello, we have a ton of taxpayers down there, and you're down to a six-inch main that's probably calcified to a four-inch main. Wow. But Montello Street, one street over, has a 30-inch main. Yeah. Right. So I always say we got to get to the big water. Where's right. the big water? Get right. to the big water. I don't. We might not need the big water, right. but yeah. we're getting right. to the big water. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Especially if you have to go defensive and you're running multiple ladder pipes and Absolutely. all this other stuff. Absolutely. You lose something for some reason, and now that's the only mm -hmm. option you have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, there's there's no question. There's no question. And 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 and, and, and I think the the members kind of know that. Yeah. I could probably put three engines on that hydrant yeah. on Montello Street at that 30-inch main, and that's all well and good, but what if something happens with that hydrant? Right. right. I don't want to do that. You no, know? Right. So here we have a good picture of it actually starting to break through in that attic space. As you can see, it's starting to work its way down. Like I said, it's going to find its path of least resistance. Um, again, this this fire started on the second floor um, in a room that was being redone, um, and, and, and um, it, it spread very quickly into the structure. So, so again, just like I said before, 
One of the big things you're going to notice too is you have these outcroppings on the side. You see you have this other peaked roof on, on what would be the Bravo side here. That's going to have an attic space just like everything else. Is it going to add? It, it, may, it, may, it may be connected to the other attic space. It may not. So you may have an actual built-in firewall there that you're not even aware of sometimes. Right. And we've found some of those. We've found some of those. Um, again, starting to burn in the back. Uh, not much to say. They, I want to see, right? This is where they cut the hole, I think, right up there. And they were backing out. Oh. And look at how this is lifted now. Look at the difference between yeah, these photos, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. What we have humming here, right? right? Everything pushing out of those sockets. It just pulls Again, it straight into those. Yeah. It's wow. going to follow the path of least resistance. Now you look at this photo here, and you have a good hole, and now everything's pushing. Yeah, is it pushing out that gable end? Absolutely, because that able gable end is actually venting right, right. Um, that space. Some things to just be aware of in buildings like this. You see more of a flatter roof on the back where it comes down and it flattens out. Remember... If you go up that back set of stairs, like I said, and you're starting to pull from that stairwell and you pull in the stairway just to give it a peek real quick, that doesn't, it, you may not have anything. That doesn't mean it's not on the other side of the wall because it right, might just right. be that flat roof. Right. One thing about pulling, and I've noticed, um, I was talking to uh, Deputy Chief, um, Deputy Chief Albany's about this the other day, one of our deputies. When we, when, I always say, and my thing is, when a, when a company officer, a chief officer, whoever it is, says pull, you pull till they tell you to stop. Right. Um, I never go into a room and say, okay, I need, uh, just pull back to about here, do this, do it. Yeah. No, just stop pulling. Just stop pulling. Because think about your ceilings. Think about your tin ceilings. Think about your lath and plastic. Think about your drop ceilings. You've got to be, I mean, you might pull one and go, yeah, there's nothing up there. Well, you got two more ceilings. Just right. keep pulling. You're going back through time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a time capsule. Yeah, really. But the other part of it, too, to keep in mind is when you, when you, when you arrive at something like this and you're, 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 your opening, we might play. You might pull here, but if those ba other bays that are running vertically or horizontally, no matter what they are, with the wall or the ceiling, it might be running in a few bays, and it might be. Oh no, I got nothing. They checked the second right. floor. Why is it already in the attic? Yeah, right. Well, right. because you didn't pull the right base. So pull that right. whole room. Get right. everything pulled down. Um, you know, and 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 work smarter, not harder, especially on a day like this. We're looking at you know heat indexes yeah, nice. close to a hundred. You know, we get some serious yeah. serious concerns about what yeah. we have. I think Concord last night. I saw six six alarms. I'm sure they were at six alarms. Maybe yeah. maybe in the middle of the spring it might have been who. Maybe right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, right. I, I looked. I Google mapped. I saw that come in. So I Google mapped the bill because I was like six alarms. Hold on, like yeah. what do they have going on? And it 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 looked like at least on Google Maps like maybe a fairly good sized house but yep. i imagine that a lot well, of that was sure. was heat related yeah. for you know good rehab for the incident and commander saying hey these guys are going to be dead right i gotta bang out i gotta right. bang alarms quick and, the, and that's also you pointed out before i was gonna when you said it earlier it was funny that was the first thing that came to my mind is that that might not have been a six alarm fire even for rehab for brockton but it was for them and yeah. for somebody else it could have been an eighth you know potentially yeah. yes right. potentially yep I, every conversation i've had with the deputies every morning in the last week has been just bang them quick. Yeah, right. Yeah. If it, usually, usually they'll bang a second. I, I'll come on the second and they'll try to wait. They'll, they'll let me bang the third. I said, don't wait. Yeah. <laughs> if you need it, bang it. Right, yeah, right. You know? Even if you don't have a job for them on the fire ground, you're gonna Stage need them. You're gonna need them for em. for rehab on Stage a day em. like. Was that yeah. the picture uh, back? I think it was. I think back we one. might be one out of order. Hold on. Right here? Yeah, was that the picture oh, so you're talking yes. about? Look at ah. how he shot the roof. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Right? That's a nice. Yeah. Wow. So this is great picture. Great shot. I, I don't know who was in charge this day, to be quite honest with you, because I was at a graduation. But <laughs> um, there's only look at one how of shot them. The roof. Yep. Yeah, there's yeah. only one of them. Yep. Okay. Look at how we shot the roof. Look at the 35 in the front of the building in case they get jammed up on the second floor. 
I, I have to tell you, no one ever wants to be red, right? No one wants to be the red company, right? We talk about that. You mm-hmm. talked about it in, yeah. in the episode you did with Freddie. The greatest thing about the red company is the ad, the, the new advent of ground ladders. Right. What can the red company not do? Right. The red company can't engage in fire ground, internal fire ground operations. Right. That's the that's the hallmark of red. Right. But what can they do? Soften, soften the, the building. building. Yep. Soften the building. Yeah. I've never seen so many ground ladders thrown in Brockton in my entire career since the RIT initiative took took over 10, right. 12 years ago. Yeah. Guys are throwing ground ladders just to throw something because they want something to do. Just yeah. you, want it, you want something to do. Yeah. That's, well, that's, that's it. Yeah. And just go throw yeah. them everywhere. Just, just They'll say, well, well, where do you want them? Everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. 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 If there's a Take, window, put a ladder. If there's right. a window, put a ladder there. Yeah. And get every ladder out of every truck here. Right. The other big thing, too, we've been doing recently, too, with the, with, you know, the aid... In, in our department, we have an aide like you guys do. He usually always will stay with the deputy or with the incident commander, whatever's going on. And I, I always, I never really wanted to super marry him to that board, I, I, the accountability board. What's a great job for the RIT company once they get everything laddered? Who's going to have to go find the person? Who oh. has to know where everybody is in that building? Oh, that RIT yeah. company is near that accountability board regularly. Ready to go. And what they're doing, and I'll look over at the officer, and, and I, it, we just had a fire. Uh, a couple of weeks ago in the night, it was guys did a great job, quick knockdown. Um, but he went to a second, and so I looked, that's, was it a six family? Was it that one? Uh, the the which one? I can't. Uh, I I just I knew there was a fire a couple of weeks ago. I thought it was uh, there like was a six one on <laughs> there was one on Hamilton Street the other mm-hmm. night. That was a six family. Okay. Then um, um, Deputy Solomon had one the other day as well. Um, that was uh, I think it, that might have been six as well. Yeah, I'm trying to think now. Okay. Thing. They, they blend together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Must be nice. That's a good problem to have, yeah. <laughs> no, well, you, you start, well t- t- you're, you're thinking about which building it was. Anyways, but my point was I remember looking over at um, the lieutenant that was in charge of the RIT company. I said, hey, I need, I, we need to be here, here, and here. And I, I got a company out of rehab. I look over and go, squad is going to floor two. Latitude is going to the basement to check for drop down. And, he, and all as he's doing, he, they've thrown ground ladders. They've done a number of different things. Mm-hmm. And... He's going to know really better than me, or right. the crew is going to know better than me yeah. when, if, if someone calls a mayday, we have to, we have to go into a different operation, you know, yeah. continue the operation, go, but go into a more advanced operation. He's going to know where everybody is. Right. Yeah. So those are some, those are some things we try, yeah. try to really instill. I, I don't want, I need the RIT company all in the local spot, but mm-hmm. let's have them near that accountability board so they know where everything is. Right. Yeah. Right. My former, uh, my former captain, one of the things I really appreciated about him was, like, you know, we got assigned to RIT a couple of times. He's like, RIT is a working assignment. Yep. So we would go around. He's like, Barry, come with me. We'll do a 360, see where the vulnerabilities are, start mm-hmm. throwing some ground ladders, even things like removing pieces of fences that are going to, like, create a hazard mm-hmm. and extricating someone like, hey, should this go south and we yep. need to get a guy out? Like, this get is going to be a problem for yeah. us. Yeah. So I always appreciate it. Like, it kept us actively engaged, but he was looking at the bigger picture uh, and preparing for, like, identifying some of these vulnerabilities and, addressing the problem. No question. Yeah. It's very I cool. think the RIT company can learn a lot about fire ground operations too. Because remember, they are outside the building, watching the building, seeing what's going on, understanding, yeah. w- watching the incident commander, watching the aid, watching the ladder company. You know, again, you said you've been on an engine company however long. Now you might be outside the building. You're actually watching what that ladder company is doing potentially. Mm-hmm. All right, why are they cutting the hole there? How's this happening? It's going to bring up questions later on yeah. for you potentially right. to have a better understanding. Yeah. I, I, I had a I had the same aide for seven years, and he got promoted to lieutenant. And I had to I knew I was going to, be, I was going to be the chief in about a year when the retire when the retirement was happening. 
when the chief was retiring and I needed someone for a year, but I wasn't going to bring someone in because the guy who's going to take over my group could have gotten rid of him. So I had a guy in my crew who is the senior man on squad A, who's, you know, the salt of the earth. We're friends. He just, he, he, he eats, sleeps and breathes this stuff. And he actually came up to me and said, I'd like to move over with you. And uh, with the caveat that I go back, I go back to the squad when, when you go on, I don't want to mm-hmm. stay as the aide. Right. I want to, but I want right. to, I'd like to spend the last year you have on the car yeah. with you. And it, I said, uh, I said, what a great idea. I didn't think of it that way. Cause I didn't think he'd want to. Yeah. And one of the things he said, he laughed. He, he said, Sully never told me about all that stuff. <laughs> meaning, <laughs> meaning there's a lot going on. Yeah. yeah. He, and he's seeing the fire from a different perspective. Right. Right. Now, you move forward now. He's he he when he wasn't the senior man on the squad when that happened. Now he is, mm-hmm. and he has a whole different perspective. Yeah, right. Yeah, like you're saying, cool. looking at it from having yeah. the radio, like you right. guys say, That's you're it. looking at the building from a different perspective. So he had the opportunity to be with me for a year. And we, we I talk about this stuff when we're driving around the car. We're looking mm-hmm. at buildings where you know I pull in Eddie Morrissey. I'm out on the road all the time. <laughs> anyway, that was Eddie's famous thing. Who was the town he was in? Yeah, he was out, out all day. Yeah, yeah. 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 he never came back. Yeah, yeah. didn't know where, but he was there. He was out. He was working. Right, um, but the same thing. We would we would go around and we would look at a number of different things and talk about a number of different things, mm-hmm. and um and I, I hope I I hope it helped his perspective now as right. the senior man. Right. Um, this is getting along later on in the fire. They had it knocked down pretty good. Um, again, three ladders. I'm I I love anytime there's a stick to the roof. Mm-hmm. I love it. You yeah. know, I came on the Brockton Fire Department when um we they were just coming out of the layoffs. Yep. Um, we had companies still out of commission. Um, the ladders were sometimes acting as engines because they 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 couldn't they didn't we had broken trucks. Sure. So now, twenty five years later, after I get on the job, I see three sticks to the roof at yeah. the point of story where yeah. frames a good feeling because when yeah. I came on, we weren't in that spot. Chief Kenneth Gallagher did a great job of rebuilding mm-hmm. that. Richie Francis yep. after him, and so on and so on. Um, it's a picture that, that shows progress. It shows progress. Yeah. yeah. One yeah, thing. Absolutely that this picture really shows and I wanted to point out was and I mean it just goes to show where you said that you have um, the officer on scene like bringing these trucks in mm-hmm. because you know in some of these small departments right we all have to like work on our truck placement and you know it's like you get out of the truck and you're like I, I think I hope this is good enough that can be that can be it you know yep. uh, and you don't want to take up too much room you want to be in the right spot in this picture it's hard to see because the ladders are blocking it but from other angles of the photos before in this picture, you have three full-size ladder trucks, and then you have two engines. You had squad yeah, yeah. A and engine five, yep. I think. In and a tight spot. In a tight spot. And and every I mean, one of those is, has That is 10 access. pounds of shit in a five-pound bag yep, right yeah. there. Yep. Yep. Like perfectly. Ready to roll. Yeah, yeah. packed in awesome. nice. Yeah. Awesome. You know, it, it, listen, if that outrigger, you see the ladder that's in front of our ladder four there. Mm-hmm. If that outrigger is this far from the front bumper of ladder four, who yeah. cares? Yeah, yeah. Right. Who cares? Yeah. As long as it's there. Right. Because right. he needed that spot to get there. And who right. cares where the cab is? Right. Who cares where whatever is? As long as you can get there. The turntable. Shoot yeah. it from the turntable. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. And you got three sides of the building that you could move a stick to Absolutely. pretty much any yep. spot on the yeah. roof or yep. the, any window. Yeah.